Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, and welcome to the first episode of The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk everything food and hospitality in the Illawarra. We'll bring on local chefs, producers, farmers as guests for the show. We'll also bring in things for show and tell to talk about our favorite products or equipment. And we'll also cover some current affairs and what's happening in the world of food. Hope you enjoy our first show. Let's do it. Okay, welcome to the podcast. My name's Stefan Postuma. With me is Andy Burns. Say hello. Hey. And Simon Evans. Hello. So we are going to introduce this. I guess what we talked about before we started this idea was to do a podcast that talks about food and hospitality within the Illawarra, but also outside the Illawarra as well, where we can talk about current events that are happening, stories that might be in the news. We can talk about, talk about the status of hospitality in the Illawarra. We can bring in local guests from chefs to suppliers to producers to farmers to whoever that might be. And we can also sort of wrap up what's happening in the Illawarra food scene in terms of openings and closings and talk about some of the challenges that uh, people face in hospitality here. Uh, and it's going to be me, Steph Postuma, and Andy Burns and Simon Evans from Cavo. So I want to give a background of you guys first. So I'm going to give you guys like a quick two-minute interview each about who you are and what you do so people get to know us. So starting with Andy Burns, uh, you are the owner of... I'll let you talk about it. Uh, Babyface Kitchen yep. on Kira Street, Wollongong. Um, and owner of Two Smoking Barrels on Flinders Street, Wollongong. I don't work at Two Smoking Barrels. My business partner, Gav, looks after that. I solely work at Babyface, um, but still have a bit to do with my other business. Mm-hmm. And Two Smoking Barrels got the food truck as well. Oh, yeah, we also have a food truck. Forgot about that. Thanks, Thanks yeah. Steph. Two minutes to listen to your business, mate. Um, Any more? <laughs> no, just up? just as just as uh, no, yeah, food, food truck getting about the place as well, which is which is all to do with the American barbecue, same as two smoking barrels. Yep. Yeah, beauty. And let's talk about your background a little bit as a chef. Um, give us a little little timeline of where you started and how you came to eventually end up here as someone who people think is a good chef. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I started cooking well first time in the kitchen was I think 99 would have been 1999 when I was about 17 um, which was in a vineyard restaurant in Mudgee called Craigmore restaurant um, yep. 
I was there for about four years, did nearly my whole apprenticeship there, and then yeah, proceeded to work in a few different places in Mudgee, um, which were, oh, none of which anyone would know, this was a long time ago. Um, Craigmore was a pretty cool place to work, be- very beautiful, um, and the food, was, the food was good for the time. And then I moved, to, I moved to Wollongong 11 years ago, um, and I've been here ever since, and from there worked at uh, Diggies, um, that was in 2007, mm-hmm. from memory. Uh, then moved on to Lee and Me when they opened in 2008. I opened that with um, Lee and Shay and Ben and Naomi. That was their first place, which has become an institution in Wollongong. Uh, and then back to Diggies after three years to work with Stan and Aaron again. Um, and then sort of moved forward to opening Dagwood with, with them as well. And then they, they also had the little um, uh, Diggies Cycle Cafe, which I was doing the menus for, like, and, and basically the management behind the scenes for all three venues, uh, which was a massive learning experience for me. And, and uh, Stan and Aaron became a couple of uh, big, big mentors of mine and, and sort of taught me everything back of house, like um, not in the kitchen that you, you definitely need to know as a chef and you most certainly need to know when you're running your own business. Mm-hmm. A lot goes into it. But um, yeah, and open baby face. Well, we started, actually, sorry, we started at Heritage uh, Kitchen. Um, It'll be four years this August, so it's about three and a half years now. Uh, myself and a, a good mate of mine came to help me out with that, uh, Mick Edwards. Um, and we started, yeah, cooking some American barbecue there, and things really went from there. And yep. then, yeah, we, we opened Babyface two years ago in March. And, um, it, you know, I've had a chance to do what I really want to do here, and it has progressed to what it is today. Awesome. Mm. Any, All right, I'm going to ask you. You haven't worked? Or uh, quick, quick advance to that question. Yeah, okay. There's, there's, there's only three places in Wollongong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, um, I didn't name the other six places <laughs> I worked. I'm going, to ask you, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, like just quick ones. Yep. Why did you begin an apprenticeship as a chef? I had somewhat of a misspent youth, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say. I left school in um, year 10. I didn't, didn't complete HSC. I, I found... Um, a home honestly in a, in a kitchen I stepped into a kitchen and just watched what how'd you get that job um, I was doing I think I was doing a TAFE course at the time like on food like in hospitality why did you start and, that where did it start where did it start honestly my, like, as far as passion for food and everything the only cooking I really did when I was when I was young was with my nan making scones and such which was, I still remember, mm-hmm. which I loved. Um, um, and yeah, well, I stepped foot in a kitchen for work experience and never left. Yeah, right. To this, to this so day. So it all started with work. There you go. To this day. It wasn't, wasn't, my, wasn't, wasn't my first job. It was, it was definitely like, I had jobs like since I was like 10, yeah. 11 years old. But um, I yeah, stepped foot in a kitchen, saw what they did on the line as cooks and, and the intensity of it, and I never left. Yeah, right. It's, just, it's that simple. Yeah, nice. I looked at him. I thought that's what I want to be able to do yeah. that that quickly and, and that efficiently. Yeah, nice. And you know, like kitchens are when you're 17 years old, you're so young fun. and you're running a market, drinking with your buddies and stuff. A kitchen's a pretty fucking fun place to be. It is. Like the chefs, you know, pull no punches. They take the piss out of you. You learn to get a thick skin. And yeah, I, I just loved it. Mm. It, was, it really was as simple as that. And was it sort of like? Is it, is it a matter of when you're that age as well as like 
when you're learning stuff that you're interested in, as you said, you might have had like a bit of a misspent youth, but like, was it the first time that you were like, that you were really sort of like interested in learning? I, if you I've, know what I mean? I loved, I was, a, I was like a, always a sharp kid, like I did, did well in school yeah, and okay. everything. I just didn't really like it. That's what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was, I had a good head on my shoulders when I was young, but like I, I um, whenever I find something I like, I like put my mind to it and, and, mm-hmm. and like to get pretty good at it. Otherwise I kind of don't bother with it. Yeah. That's, that's me in a nutshell, like whether, whether it was sport when I was young or anything. So a kitchen's a pretty good place. Yeah. To, to set your mind to shit and, and get it done and there's the beauty of it is is there's always something to learn so when you've yeah. got that kind of brain you never stop loving it mm-hmm. but if you yeah if you don't have that kind of brain it can get pretty tough cool um, one last question Andy and I've asked Simon this before but I'm going to ask you again and get you to retell your story Simon but um, is there any sort of like was there any sort of moments that you can look back to in your career as a chef where you sort of something clicked for you or you noticed something about like the industry where you were like fuck like this this is a really cool industry to be in or a moment of sort of like inspiration clarity or like an epiphany that you might have had during your career I don't know if it was like a a moment like a, a like you know that sort of moment of clarity where you go wow everything's yeah. like, this is exactly what I want to do <laughs> and I love it but it's more it was more about like the intensity of it and the achievement of, of getting through every service yeah. and, and completing that yeah. like with, with your team and like the intensity you might cop a bollocksing during service because you fucked something up or you might you know these days give one or what, however it is but at the end of the day it's all left in the kitchen mm-hmm. um, whether it be with the weight stuff or whatever then you'll sit down and have a drink after it and, and the like elation like a, and joy I honestly as a kid used to get from completing that every night mm-hmm. was what drove me. Yeah. And what when I went, yep, yeah, this is this is what I really want to do. Excellent. Cool. Thanks, Andy. Simon, your turn. Um, okay, where do we start? We started with what you're doing now. So, what are you doing now? Uh, so, I'm co-owner of Cavo, uh, also on Kira Street. Mm-hmm. Um, we took over from previous owners, myself and Tom, business partner, uh, start 2017. Uh, so, just over a year in, first year done. Um, and yeah, we're just really trying to take it and make it our own, really. It's mm-hmm. a restaurant with quite a long history in Wollongong. Yeah, okay, cool, fantastic. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Caveau, you can probably read and find out more about it. Same with Babyface. Um, and you can use the magic tool named Google for that. Yeah, getting there. Yeah, it's pretty hard to use. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go back, yeah, let's go back to your career. When did you start um, your apprenticeship? I was uh, so I started in the UK. I was pretty late to cooking. I didn't start. Um, and you don't really do apprentices, apprenticeships in the UK. I right. did a, I did a one year full time college course yep. in cooking, um, and then dropped out after. It was supposed to be two years. I dropped out after one year because um, I got offered a, a job at uh, one of the top restaurants in Wales and top restaurants in the UK. Um, I spent my first three years there, uh, really kind of solid foundations mm-hmm. there. Um, my old bosses were both ex-restaurant inspectors as well, and they knew a lot of people, so they were really keen to send me to other restaurants, do stars at other places, always taking me out for eat. So I got, I got really kind of solid um, education there. Um, then after about three years, uh, I had a, one of my mates from back home had moved to Wollongong. So sort of three years in a restaurant, good time to move on. Uh, so I booked a flight to Australia, ended up in Wollongong after 
uh, trying to do a ski season, which I, I failed with. Um, I mean, another story. Um, so I ended up in Wollongong with, with not much money. Failed to do a ski season. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> Shit, are you? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I've done a couple in France. But, uh, <laughs> Australia broke me. Um, so I ended up in Wollongong with not a lot of money and not really, and my plan had fallen down after about two weeks. Um, so luckily I got um, a job at Caveau after a very short stint at a, uh, another restaurant in Wollongong. Um, so yeah, got a job there, enjoyed it. Um, so it was a great restaurant, um, really challenging. And I just kind of stayed here. Yeah. But also at the same time Wollongong started getting quite good. It's 2012 when I first moved here. Yeah. Um, just started getting a little bit of vibe here. There's bars opening, the mm-hmm. restaurants, people doing stuff. Met heaps of cool friends. Um, and just kind of never really thought about leaving too much. Um, visa issues kind of keep you mm-hmm. stuck anyway. Um, cool. So yeah, Wollongong just started, started having a, a bit of stuff going on. So then it eventually went to, I would like to open a business at some point here. Yeah. Um, and things kind of fell into place nice. last year. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a mix of accident, luck, and the fact that Wollongong's pretty fucking cool right now. Yeah. I want to, just for my own curiosity, what is a British cooking college like? Oh, it's... <laughs> Like, is it one of those old school places where people wear the tall hats and yeah, you like you got to wear the, the, the lecturers used to wear tall hats? Yeah, yeah. Was, um, oh, I can't remember they never had lecture. They used to wear a big <laughs> hat, like double the size. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the students didn't have to. We we had to wear we had like you know white apron, blue trousers, white or some people wore the cravat. Yeah, the right buttons. Yeah, I think imagine just like full time tape. It was like five days a week. There was a restaurant there which we served some good food and some just awful food um, three days a week so you did like two days full on study and then you do like two days in the restaurant so like it was like, I cooked a lot at home for the couple of years beforehand it's kind of like again it was like I cook all the time maybe I'll try and be a chef see what happens mm-hmm. so I think I had like fairly decent knowledge and technique so for me it was a bit go through the motions and just getting something on paper but it was, it was cool um, things where they just gave you a brief and you got to go and cook and there's trying to order me all these stupid things and mm. sometimes succeed so it was fun and it, and it led me to getting a job they have like a, a trade day where uh, bosses chefs managers they get invited in and to sample our awful food we were putting out in the kitchen <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah there was someone was looking for a chef so I got put forward um, did a trial and got a job there so there you go so it, it was definitely a means to an end it's it pretty enjoyable but yeah it's uh, just a load of 16 year olds mainly because you leave school in 16 in the UK so like it was it's going to be interesting going into that as like a mature age eh? like, yeah well like, yeah even at like 20 21 I, like I was like life, really. yeah you yeah. just felt so much older than everyone like, they, people had just left school and they yeah. were doing it because mum told them they have to either get a job or go to college so, like, I do cooking you like cooking yeah so Why it was, you be a cook yeah so it was just it was just <laughs> like I remember the first day someone was just like how do you know when the cauliflower's cooked Yes, yeah. I, I was like, "Oh shit! Is this is this what this, is this what we're what doing? We're doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Touch it! Like, what? Like, not much difference yeah. between yeah, yeah, that yeah. and <laughs> your taste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So uh, even then, I was a bit of an asshole. So. <laughs> <laughs> Make a great chef. Yeah, yeah, chef. exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Cool. Learned some stuff. Um, as an introduction for me, I guess um, I run Quicksand Publishing slash Quicksand Food, which. Uh, is a publisher of independent regional cookbooks that feature recipes from sort of the best chefs, restaurants, cafes, bars and places like that in Canberra, the Southern Highlands, 
the south coast of New South Wales and now Wollongong. Uh, last year we did the Illawarra Cookbook, which is how I came to meet both of you, mm-hmm. as you both know. Yeah. Um, and was there. I actually, yeah, you were there yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, both of you, yeah. Here we are. And uh, yeah, I, my background, I studied journalism at Wollongong University, so that's where I sort of learnt the Wollongong ways. Um, did fuck all with my degree, went overseas for two years and drank Sounds basically like every year, year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a majority got, got back there. home had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and um, yeah sort of like kick started this well sort of restarted this sort of publishing thing that my mum actually started back in 2004 and I did that in 2013 um, with the first Canberra book and then yeah since then we've done five books now Canberra uh, South Coast Southern Highlands uh, sec- uh, third Canberra book and the Illawarra book and yeah well I guess we also do podcasts now as well they, they were kind of an afterthought which I did just to interview the chefs and stuff that contributed recipes to the books um, and that's the quicksand food podcast series that sort of run parallel to each of the cookbooks and yeah I don't know we're doing a bit more now with like web stuff media stuff photography I don't know um, sort of one of those people that just has ideas and then tries to pursue them and doesn't really yeah. look at much else other than that hence we're sort of sitting well, yeah. here this is, this is almost a, a pub idea that someone decided to go through with but yeah. some, someone's got to go through these ideas yeah exactly oh, it's just people talking shit yeah <laughs> yeah I guess it's like one of the many people that I know that just kind of have ideas and do things but a lot of the time I mean I've got way more ideas that I don't pursue than I do pursue yeah, as yeah exactly probably most people yeah. do um, yeah sweet intro's done so I guess uh, did we give an introduction already of why we're doing this Yes, we yeah, did at yeah, the start. Yeah, is yeah. there anything else you guys want to talk about in terms of, you know, why you guys want to be a part of, like, be a part of a podcast and put some, you know, put your thoughts out there and, you know, bring guests in and whatever we're going to do in the future. It's kind of up in the air for now, but, you know, what are you guys looking towards? I think the first thing we both said is we just thought this would be fun. Yes, so I think that's correct. The thing. It was fun. Yeah. I think it was fun because we did the one at the Throsby where we all got drunk. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was pretty fun. Yeah. fun. So I think the first thing we both said, like, we, we think it would just be enjoyable. We also think there's, there's a lack of sort of cohesion um, around Wollongong hospitality. Like everyone knows each other a little bit, not so much. So we thought it'd be good to have somewhere where people can come in and have a chat. We can talk about issues, um, discuss other things that are going on. In, in Illawarra and, and sort of Australia as a whole, hospitality as a whole, um, we could just kind of yeah get those mm-hmm. get those kind of thoughts out, yeah. and hopefully people will enjoy listening to some of them. Mm-hmm. For sure, Andy. It, it, no, exactly the same. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I love talking shit, and, <laughs> and I, I find it interesting talking shit with you guys. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Simon's first point, like cohesion in the industry. Like I, you know, Tom, Tom and Simon are just up the road from us here at Babyface, and. Um, I think it's nice to do something together. We mm-hmm. we have you know the same job, the same challenges. We use like a lot of the same stuff in our kitchens, mm-hmm. and we've shared a lot of stuff. And it's nice it's nice to do something together. Mm-hmm. And then we met Steph, and um, yeah, I, like exactly the same. You've got the passion, the knowledge on on a lot of the supplies and everything around here, and, and you know about us now. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's good to do something together mm-hmm. to actually talk about like the Illawarra and everything that we are doing down here mm-hmm. um, yeah. because it is a, a bit of a glanced over area mm-hmm. and try and um, move it forward a bit yeah, cool. for people that aren't necessarily in the kitchen or on the floor to, to listen to as well. I agree. Um, the other thing that I thought that 
who knows but what might be a product of this is I feel like a lot of the media that you that 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 is out there about hospitality and about um, you know whether it's like new venues whether it's Australia wide whether it's you know celebrity chefs or you know the food industry in general they kind of all like, I don't know I feel like it can be a little bit sort of like homogenous like it's it, it sort of talks about very similar yeah. similar issues I don't know it just might be interesting to give a different perspective from people that aren't yeah. in the group of you know the good food guide and all the famous chefs that surround that institution and the people that sort of make up what Australia's food culture is which mm-hmm. is based in Sydney and Melbourne essentially yeah. um, and maybe offer a different perspective on some yeah. things from a regional place I think the, the mainstream media when it comes to food they have a because everyone tries to like portray this very glossy front where everything's perfect, everyone's calm, yeah. everyone's, everyone's making bank and, and all these things. And even when you read like press releases, it's all very, they're open to this, they've worked here, they've done that. And, and as someone in hospitality, you kind of want to know the, the nuts and bolts and you want to know those other details mm. that you don't really get from traditional media. So I think trying to, uh, for people in the industry, I think it's quite interesting to listen to people talk about stuff you've experienced and see where you where you have similarities and where you don't but then people outside the industry will get a little bit of a view of, of how slightly more chaotic it is than exactly that. yeah, yeah. Than they get shown as and how and how hard it can be yeah, well, exactly, behind yeah. the scenes yeah, for sure. whether you know yeah, for a small for business every and, level of yeah, exactly. from, Looking from, from, a dish, from a dishy to, a, to an owner it's, yep. it's, uh, it's an interesting ride mm. Mm. I'm going to go so we'll go off on a little bit of a tangent do you, do you feel like like in the in the sort of world that we live in of food media now where there's there's an abundance of big name chefs around like whether or not they're on MasterChef or if they just own a like a really well known restaurant or whatever it might be do you feel like that they're like in the media that you consume maybe it's another food podcast or things in um, articles that you might read for me there seems to be a lot of sort of like unanswered questions in the sense that they've got this kind of there's a media facade about a lot of people and people can be unwilling to talk about some issues and and things like that i feel like sometimes people don't dig deep enough and people also have this sort of like media persona that it'd be interesting to ask certain people some questions and and just see where the responses come like Mm. do you know what i mean Mm. what do you think i I think i mean the the reason there's sort of the the big chefs it's kind of like the economy the bigger chefs just get bigger mm. they get more exposure get more customers go to the restaurant they make more money they can open a second restaurant they keep getting bigger and bigger so I mean um, and yeah and they, they obviously have to develop a media personality like mm-hmm. you hear stories about especially when you know people who've worked with some of these bigger chefs and you hear stories about where you're in the kitchen and then you, you might see them on My Kitchen Rules not naming anyone different, um, different story and, and like mm. and you're just too, like too that's much, not yeah. what you're like oh I've, yeah. I've heard so mm-hmm. and it, but everyone's got to kind of do it you like it's the same as when you know if you go out dining room and talk to tables like you, you put your little your little green yeah, thing on like, you, so. you don't want to be you don't want to be too fake or anything but like you obviously you put that facade on so I think that's just kind of the name of the game and, yeah. and, and things like that you have to play it is that what I'm doing wrong <laughs> <laughs> transparent motherfucker you'll ever meet that explains this the reviews that's why I look out <laughs> um, I think there could yeah. be a bit more transparency in, in some, so for some of these oh, yeah. people there definitely is for some but like and, and like I get exactly what 
what you're saying about these bigger chefs. I mean, they've got PR cut, like saying, don't say that. You can say this, you can yeah. say that. There are, there are guys out there that say, like, fuck you, I'll say whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and power to them, yeah. like, whether I mean, they're liked yeah. or disliked. I mean, they're at they're least the ones, they're saying what they want to say. They're the ones who get industry respect. Really, yeah. is, is the ones. Like, I think, like yeah. chefs can tell people. I think even, like, instance, Matthew's Gordon Ramsay, like, at least you, you see, like, that little bit of like that's kind of what he's like in the kitchen yeah so i think that's why he's sort of done pretty well on, on both sides of like he's still quite respected um but obviously everyone loves him because he calls everyone an idiot sandwich carries the fuck on yeah, 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 well, yeah exactly yeah. like it yeah but at the same time like with you know with social media and with like you get these little insights into people's worlds like some people sort of sort of convey this like Transparency, like okay, we're really transparent, and we're going to swear on our Instagram posts, and you know, and I don't know. I think I don't know. I think there's some sometimes, like I don't know. I've just heard a few few people in whether it's the media or you know large chefs and stuff say some sort of offhand comments or questions, like things like that, that you could probably probe them on a little bit and really find out some interesting things. I'm keeping it very broad and not yeah. really going to name any of that, but I feel like we might have an opportunity to just kind of like ask yeah. a few questions that yeah, maybe might sure. not be asked. I'll, yeah, I'll, exactly. tell, you, I'll yeah. tell you who I think is like really great at just Jake Smith, like from Mary's, and oh. like it, someone that calls it exactly how <laughs> yeah. he sees it. Yeah. And you see the guy; he's always dressed like that as well. And then you, like, you, what he wears, and, and the, like the front, he sort of put whether it will. Who he is that he's just walking, you know, walks around and what you see of that yeah. and what, what you think of that, and then you hear him speak or write something, and he's such an intelligent guy, yeah, and he's got so much to say, and, and he's got a lot of integrity, and, and you know, from what I can pick up, I don't, don't know the guy, but like, he's he's really great at just he says whatever he wants, and he's yeah. he's smart about the way he says it, and, and from what I can, like, he's seemingly transparent, love you know, what, what you see. And here is what you get. Mm. Yeah, you know that's probably a good example of yeah. the other side of it. Mm. I think it's, it's kind of if journalists aren't willing to ask those, especially like I said, a lot of restaurants it's press release. Mm. So you're not you're not going, not delving in, you're not digging any deeper. Or it'll be a mag- like an interview for for Home Style magazine, with like twenty simplest recipes. So like chefs are always they're never really probed like that. Never, never there's never really a, an in depth interview. It's always that sort of facade of, of home cooking of home entertainment bring of, fucking Denton uh, back yeah. let's yeah. get some chefs on I guess what I was kind of like pointing towards was there's a lot of big name chefs out there who have other streams of income other than their restaurant yeah, yeah. of course now yeah. Yeah. and probably bigger than their restaurants exactly <laughs> and I think that's that, like a lot of the time <laughs> yeah. that that's true right like so like if you're if they're if they're a chef owner and they're looking at their restaurant or the themselves and their restaurant as a business yeah then does the fact that they're making money off sponsorships and ambassadorships and stuff offset some of the operating costs of their restaurant which means that they can afford to keep it being the big name that it is and afford it like like and how does that sort of factor in like or there's big backers involved backers and things like that too Mm -hmm. like yeah i mean if you look at look at i mean especially look at sort of hatted restaurants even at every level there's not many independently owned well-known restaurants in Sydney. There's, there's, a, there's a handful. Um, most are owned by bigger companies who own four or five restaurants. Think. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Maribel. Yeah, mm. so there's, it's, it's, not really, it's not really an even playing field um, in that sense. So obviously they, they can draw from all the restaurants. And, Deep pockets. Yeah, wine, wine sellers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the other reason is what 
you know, why do you think you see Neil Perry opening up like burger shops everywhere and not not doing uh, you know closing Rockpool? Mm. Like there's there's not much money in, in that level of dining, but there's a lot of money in burgers. So I mean, and that's been sort of how these big you know, two star, three star restaurants or big name restaurants have always survived is, is with their their side product, their burger, their casual dining. Because because that's where the money is. Like you, you you're getting you're getting much better value of really a three hat place mm. than the same restaurant group or chefs casual dining. Con- contrary to public opinion. Yeah yeah. Mm. I mean it, it obviously is cheaper, but if you know, if you're paying you know twenty five dollars for a, for a burger, uh, like the, mar- the yeah the markup on that is a bit. Yeah, yeah I guess that translates <laughs> into you know. So uh, that's yeah. good for the customer. Exactly. Um, all right. We definitely got sidetracked with our first discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that I'd try to bring it back on course if we did. Yeah. But well, anyway. It, fucking bring it back, Steph. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> We're just so, slowly yeah. cooks. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, so, we just um, talk. <laughs> these are some of the things that we can talk about in future episodes and stuff because I think that that's the sort of thing that we are all interested in talking about. And it's funny that, like, when we were, you know, initially introducing this um, podcast and this idea and just talking about you know, talking to each other about food and finding it fun. Like, I swear to God, like, every time I've seen you guys, it always ends up, like, whether it's, like, getting a beer somewhere or I just bump into you, it always up, ends up in a, like, 10-minute conversation about yeah. some we, we, shit that's we happened We're all, like, having food. a coffee, like, yeah. half an hour. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. running yeah. one another and yeah. shift yeah. as the other And it's day. just always, like, <laughs> something that's happening in, in the world of, yeah. you know, in this world. So, anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, let's... We're going to do our first little point of discussion. Andy, Steph, and Simon talk about a thing. And the biggest media sort of media piece about Wollongong hospitality last year, which made it to a feature in the Sydney Morning Herald, was the underpayment of young staff within the hospitality industry in Wollongong. And so, I guess, as a background for people who don't know about this issue, uh, yeah, last year there was a a case case like a it started with a social media group. Um, a girl from Wollongong University put uh, her grievances about being underpaid at a local venue on the University of Wollongong's buy, swap, and sell page, which has tens of thousands of members, and everyone's free to sort of discuss things on that. Um, and after, after sort of like putting her grievances up on there, it, she was sort of like inundated with messages from other people about them copying the same thing, underpayment by different hospitality venues around Wollongong and around the Illawarra. This is something that, this is, this is an issue, you know, venues underpaying people is an issue that has been going on in the Illawarra for a long time. And I guess it all culminated with the big Sydney Morning Herald article doing numerous case studies on different um, people, you know, working at... Heaps of different venues around the Illawarra all getting underpaid, um, and yeah, I guess that's going to be our. This is going to be our little point of discussion. But um, well, it, was, it was Mercury first, wasn't it? It was Mercury yeah. They, so yeah, I think it went Fair, from Fairfax picked it up and it <coughs> Mercury, and then it did. Yeah, and then it ended up in a large article. Mm. Uh, this is something that I've like. I mean, I'll start with my experience. I've got first-hand experience of it um, when I was. At uni here in Wollongong, I worked at two venues that paid me cash and underpaid me. Um, the first place I just quit because I was telling you guys about it the other day. I just yeah, quit because yeah. I was too scared to negotiate with the business owner, um, and I was like 18. Um, 
Yeah, and you're not really trained to have any negotiating skills and you don't yeah. know where your power or, lies and or stuff. Or so you, you don't have the confidence. To yeah, you don't have the confidence. Like, you definitely yeah. feel like you're taking advantage of. The second one, I I was getting underpaid, but it wasn't by very much and I didn't really care that much. But one thing that they did do was they kept... The, the business owners kept all the tips yeah, and right. they said that they would put all the tips towards a Christmas party at the end of the year. But then the Christmas party was just in the restaurant and they just bought like some cases of beer and like we just ate pizza at the yeah, venue right. and drank yeah. a couple oh, of cases off. of beer with the tips from, How little tips did we get from, from, the whole, from the whole year's yeah. work so I guess like I didn't really care about I wasn't be, I was being underpaid but I didn't really care at the time because it was money that I wanted and um, and yeah it was just that tips thing that really pissed me Nailing off like I was like Jesus yeah. Christ guys yeah. and I guess the other the one other thing and it was outside the hospitality industry I worked for a guy but I guess this is all by choice myself and some friends this guy this um, builder guy was renovating a house up in Otford and he put a poster on the wall of our college where I went to at Warona saying $110 a day for uh, labouring work in Otford and so yeah. we used to get the train we used to get the yeah. train up to Otford it was a 10 hour day so 11 bucks an hour but again, like we were like helping yeah. paint, helping paint, and we were doing I don't know. All how sorts old, of how shit. old were you then? Eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. yeah. And um, we we're doing all sorts of stuff on this Renault that he was doing, and yeah. But the thing is, is that like coming back with 110 bucks in your pocket as a uni student at the end of the day, days days pay for a day's, day's work, isn't it? Stoked with the day. Like even though it was nothing at the time, like, I was pretty stoked. Yeah. So I guess. Um, that's the issue that we're talking. We're talking about underpayment, and that's my experience in it. And obviously, it's still going on after last year's article. I assume that it's still going on at plenty of other venues around Wollongong and around other places in regional Australia and places in Sydney. It goes on everywhere. Oh, of course. So everywhere. It, it was definitely a wake-up call for everyone. I think because um, that happened uh, just as we took so, over. Were you, yeah, you were operating um, while we were but, earning. Um, we, we've always paid previous owners always paid our stuff um, you know, properly on the books everything like that but it definitely did make you go like oh shit let's just check like go on a fair trade and make sure everything's fine like mm. it was that kind of um, I mean for ourselves anyway just to make sure we're not we're not doing something we weren't aware of um, obviously everything was fine um, but yeah definitely I think I imagine a lot of people had the same reactions uh, if, even if you, if you know you're underpaying them like shit we just got called out we need to change that yeah. or maybe some people who didn't were underpaying and didn't get caught out and might buck them up so hopefully it had a, a net positive effect I'm sure it would have um, oh, I think it I, might have I, yeah, yeah, empowered some people to go to their employers and negotiate with them hopefully yeah, for sure. which is like which is a great thing I mean we when that happened like they they I'm not sure who they really are but uh, whether it was I think it was Fair Work maybe yeah they sent investigators mm. throughout Wollongong it's like a three day raid um, yeah, right. yeah we had at Son of a Gun at the time, we had Fair Work come in there and just without sort of announcing it to us, the owners just grabbed our staff, mm. um, one full time, one casual, and got them to produce pay slips and um, without our knowledge, which yeah. is like whatever, that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and just talk to them about how they get paid and, and this, that, and the other, and, and yeah, if, if you get pay slips with your annual leave and all that sort of stuff on it. Um, and I think so many places got in a lot of trouble. Um, I mean, we we were we were fine. We're like we're pretty lucky. Jen goes to massive lengths to make sure all our guys to make sure we're paying 
people properly because mm. it's in our best interests mm-hmm. um, for the long run, you know, and that's what people, that's the award, that's what it's there for. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it is like, further what you said, Simon, you can call Fair Work. Um, I mean, Jen's had two different answers or two different pieces of advice of two different people in the same day from Fair Work. So there is this area like there's a couple of different awards for hospitality yep. to based on yeah. like whether there's gaming in the venue and what level and they this, are that, you, yeah. and if you're cooking on stove if or if you're cooking in yeah. another yeah. Yeah. if people are handling like, money they yeah. need to be on level this and level that so yeah. it does get it does get pretty tough and you really have to be on your game especially when there are changes made to the award it's not like you get mailed something to your restaurant yeah, saying hey Jen you need to right. change this in payroll so is there now. any notification for you guys when not there's that, a change no you just basically stay on it uh, yeah you yeah, just right. have to call yeah. them so and make sure keep looking. Like, yeah, they, I mean, it's not a secret they, they, they put it out there but yeah, it's yeah, not awards, like uh, yeah. Yeah, so you don't get email saying from this day you must be that much so it's definitely complicated when it comes to public holidays we can change of it as well like it's like even when if we don't tend to open a lot of public holidays, when we do, we have, always have to go and check and like, how much we're paying them for this day and what, what and what is it after ten. So it, it, I can see. I think there's a difference between people misunderstanding and doing it by accident. Yeah, there's, think, a, there's think, a big think, difference. Like, again, it's not right, but it's understandable. It is and that's an obvious difference. As well. Yeah, but and then there's people who systematically go out to save themselves some money by yep. paying the staff less. So whether that's yep. making them work more hours or paying them cash and then assuming they'll think they're better off because they're getting paid cash mm. that happened to me um, when I first moved here and I was just I was like 750 bucks a week like great yeah. and I did 82 hours 80 hours later and, yeah my friend texted me <laughs> and was like Haha, you're earning 8 dollars an hour I was like oh. <laughs> I think I think more the thing you know, look, like you said like it's it's pretty obvious when it's an innocent mistake like yeah. say they come in and Jen's paying our guys 23 20 an hour instead of it's gone up 20, to 24 yeah. 10 or something yeah it's pretty obvious that she just hasn't seen that and they'd probably say, hey, just fix everyone up. Yeah. yeah. Back pay. I mean, I mean Diggies were um, amazing for that. They've you know, got people in the office to say yeah. that's where Jen learnt from and if someone was getting paid wrong, without, like if they didn't even know they were getting paid wrong for, say, three months, Courtney would send them something, like Courtney was payroll for Stan and Aaron, she'd send something out and they would get back paid yeah. even if it was 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's... Point is, it's very obvious if someone's doing it deliberately. Um, you know, yeah. paying someone twelve dollars an hour cash in hand yeah. when they're twenty-two years old, um, as opposed to paying yeah. them the twenty-three dollars fifty on the books that they're entitled to. I think that was the thing. It was, it was a lot of from the articles. A lot of different ways people were getting away with it. I remember, like, it, was, it was the oh, function centre. Yeah. They would give like people coming in for free trials on a full night, yeah. and then being like, "Okay, so we'll, we'll call you." And they were basically obviously doing that. But uh, what the fuck? Fairly often. You like, there's no such thing as a free trial. Yeah, like you come yeah. in, you pay, everyone here. It's a free trial. Yeah, definitely. You get a tr- come here and do a trial. You get a trial pack. Yeah. And the first thing is your tax file number. Yeah. And you fill yeah. out a sheet with then your everything. bank details. And whether yeah. it's three hours or whatever, you come. You're fucking working. Yeah. yeah. Like exactly. So yeah. And then, I mean, and then there was people paying, paying in cash. And I think the one that gets a lot of chefs is getting paid for 38 hours or 40 hours. But consistently working sort of 50, yep, 60. I'm sure. And that's, that is a bit of a grey area with sort of contracts, things like that. It is. We, um, we, we, yeah. Like we have and, contracts. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's always going to be, with chefs, there's always going to be you, you'll overwork, you'll underwork, things like that. But I think, um, yeah, people getting paid uh, and then doing an extortion amount of hours. And I think that's yep, something yep. that is super hard to, to crack down on because that is, is, in essence, the job. But it kind of annoyed me with when you asked like for this. For the purposes of this case, it's, it's casuals that are getting paid by the yeah. It was all about yeah. it was all about casuals. Yeah. yeah. 
there was people being paid ten dollars an hour cashing yeah. in. Yeah. But for me, I think there's like, I mean, you mentioned like you're getting underpaid a little bit or whatever. But if someone said to me, "Do you want to work for ten dollars an hour cash in hand?" I'd say stick it up your ass. Yeah, yeah. I get. I guess like, one of the things though for for these people uh, that for for the students is that they're so young and they don't have any skills. And I I, I don't like international my international students. Yeah, or they're international yeah, students. Well, but yeah, I also like. I don't know any other issues. Like talking to a business owner about pay is an intimidating thing especially like a lot of these people is probably their first job yeah. as well and you, you like I, I walked into my first shift at the place that was like I think I was getting paid less than $10 an hour at the first See, place that I got a job at in Wollongong that's insane yeah and um, but when I had the interview pay wasn't discussed she didn't bring it up yeah. and I was too scared to ask yeah, yeah so, well, you, are, you are at that yeah, age I, I, like, I've, I've never so you are very vulnerable with a job yeah, like, I've never brought it up because because it, it wasn't like as long as I was getting paid you know, fairly all right, it was never an issue. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm gonna get paid more than that. Like, what are you paying? I, I, I did when I got older, but not when I was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was young, I was just like, this is oh, this is yeah, what you get paid to do this here, and if you guess if you don't like it, go somewhere else and yeah, do exactly. something else. Yeah. It's kind of what I took mm. it as. I mean, that was I'm, I'm 35. That was pre 2000 when I was young. Mm. Like, it's, I guess it's a, yeah. the awards a lot made you know people are made very aware of it these days, which is a good thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the, one of the annoying things was the amount of people who said, oh, it's hospitality, that's the way it is. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. that, like, that always annoys me, really, because it, it's not, hasn't been the, the best industry for, for staff. Things do need to change, but people just go in, that's the way it is, and we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Or just suck it up. Like, or, You see all those comments, people are like, oh, when I was a chef. Oh, I was doing 110 hours. And I had my leg amputated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, no, but that's no. Eddie, you see that right? exactly. Yeah. And you see all the time, and it's like so. Like you got screwed over. Like, yeah. You know, like we, we need to look after to, yourself a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Why are you doing 110 hours for? Like, be quicker. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of time <laughs> in the kitchen. Like, how do you spell like, efficient? Are you? <laughs> yeah. um, so, do you think that this culture of businesses underpaying staff in Wollongong, like, how much of it would you attribute to? people just being dickheads and taking advantage of vulnerable uni students and it just being a part of hospitality culture in Wollongong. Because there's probably some good, like I was thinking about it, and there's probably some decent people out there who just do it because that's what they probably did when they started working here. Like they got, they got paid when they started working here and it, like it's a part of the culture. Like do, they, do, do some people at the back of their minds know like know that it's the wrong thing and still go still go ahead and do it or is there some people who it's just like ingrained into the culture that they grew up in and that they're a part of and they do it without thinking about it owners owners you're referring yes well i think there's well there's businesses in wollongong i mean we're new school like we're you know i've my own business for three and a half years as as we talked about like but there's there's businesses that have existed um around Wollongong that have been here for what 20 yeah. years or whatever that have probably been doing the same thing mm-hmm. for that whole 20 years and they mm-hmm. probably think uh, award this award that like this yeah. is what we've always done yeah. like let's just do it I mean I don't I'm completely yeah. speculating mm-hmm. but like, you, you but like it's, it's likely you'd like to think that no one or very few people are going I'm going to do this to put the money in my own pocket. I right. think I think the, the, the reality of it really, I think, is that the profit margins are tiny in a restaurant. They're, they're, they're so ridiculously small. Um, and little savings here and there, that's, that's why chefs have to get so creative with 
using up leftovers, not wasting things. It, it's, it's not like a gimmick for sustainability, it's, it's for sustaining your business. That's what you got to do. Um, so I think, I think a lot of it comes down to that um, people need to save some money. And, and if, you, if you haven't got the talent to be creative with how you're marketing, how you're advertising, or what you're doing in the kitchen, the, the first, the easiest one to do is to cut your staff. Yeah. Either have less staff on or pay them less. Sure. <clears throat> so I think, I think the sort of, yeah, cold hard reality is, is, is that. Um, and lots of and yeah, for, for, for some, yeah, yeah, definitely. Cold yeah. hard reality of it too is there's a fucking award. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you need it needs to reflect the prices on your menu. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know, and people need to respect that and pay it. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's the way it needs to so, move. You yeah. know, but, I mean, but you're right. People, a question that I had then in their is, head, it's just mm, do it's do people do do the like what you're talking about, Simon, is like. You know, for, for for some businesses, the profit margins are so slim that uh, that it's necessary for people to cut cut costs wherever they can, including you know taking advantage of staff to do so, in order to just get by and have a viable business. Yeah, I mean, and it, is the question though is is there do you see that there would be a situation in which the cost saving of paying your underpaying staff would be translated into a cheaper product for your customers or other aspects of the business like you know that translating into putting that money elsewhere into the business or is it just going into the pockets of the owners um i mean different different places different things yeah Yeah, i imagine in like bigger restaurants bigger chains with underpaid people, you imagine it's going in someone's pocket, in some sort of CEO's pocket. Yeah, I, think. I and guess when, that when smaller, smaller family-owned places, like I don't think they're they're, they're saving that two dollars an hour or four dollars an hour on someone and laughing the way in the bank. Yeah, um, like the little like, Vietnamese place up the road. Or yeah, yeah. I, I think they're just they're just trying to get by. It's it's illegal. <clears> it's wrong. You should pay us that properly. Obviously, but I think that there's deeper there's deeper things going on. Yeah, which make people do it. I don't, I don't think it's always greed, as it were. Yeah. Well, I, it makes me wonder sometimes, I mean, without naming names of places, but, but how is that laxa like nine bucks? A hundred percent. Yeah. What are your food costs? Yeah. Then, well, then your wage costs must be pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. minute. Yeah, exactly. Like if, yeah, like, I, you know, I've definitely seen a few things around Long Gong where, where I know there's X amount of people working in this place. And their, yeah. their menu prices are, are very cheap and they don't need that many people in the kitchen, yeah. whether it's family or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but, but things aren't getting done about all. Mm. Like, and it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess everything, like, sort of, we must all, like, I, you, you kind of have to look at everything as a sort of a case-by-case thing, but, like, when it comes Def- to this issue, definitely. one of, like probably the largest one of the largest venues in Wollongong was implicated in unpaying like underpaying its stuff and so was Outback Steakhouse which is a franchise yeah, yeah. and I don't mind naming their name yeah, yeah. Um, they were implicated into it as well so oh, big, big you know yeah. it, it, it goes from those from those sorts of businesses from large large function venues and stuff that host weddings and whatever it might be to Outback Steakhouse to small cafes and stuff so I guess everyone's sort of got their own reasons for doing it and um, yeah, how that sort of like translates whether or not it means that they're viable or not, or if they're just being greedy. I think the or main, if it's a part of the culture. The main thing in a restaurant is is you got to keep your staff happy, like mm-hmm. and, and happy staff, happy well rested staff who feel valued, make a better place. Like you can tell when that like that waiter or waitress, waitress is pissed off. Or they don't want to be there. They're Especially happy. in places and like ours. Yeah, that are yeah. charging a premium. For yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do. So I mean, I think it, there was some, like, 
so it's one of the easiest ways to, to cut your costs but I mean for, for, for yourself and myself it's it would be almost the most stupid one to do because like, sure. like, you're just like well I'm going to have unhappy yeah. staff and yeah. that's going to translate to customers because we're going to less good time and I'm going to want to come back and that, that's going to come back to sort of you know, bite me in the ass mm. so there's there's kind of um, <laughs> it, it's that's smart I think, I think, I think you're saying the like some people haven't got possibly the talent in the kitchen or the know-how at a restaurant have no other way or no idea how to save more money when they're, when they're, when they're failing or when they're quiet and they'll just think so, they'll get away with but, it yeah and they'll get away with it um do you guys, do you guys, being at the higher end of dining in Wollongong, do you guys employ uni students? Yeah, basically all my casual stuff. All your casuals are? Yeah. And yours? A mix. mix. Yeah, I mean, we, like, when we first opened, I think nearly everyone we had, yeah, nearly everyone we had here was uni students. I mean, Barrels, we've got about three uni students down there. One, I mean, our, our food runner, Will, here is like, an amazing like food runner that his food knowledge of, of my menu and my food and, and everything is fucking second to none like he's a gun you know mm-hmm. um, but to answer your question like definitely I yeah. mean what, what if we <coughs> if you want casual people like casual staff in your restaurant I'd, I'd say you're that. hiring uni students when you're talking like, about then having happy staff like you and, and being at the higher level of dining you guys have to invest in your staff because you you've got more training if they're, if they're just pulling coffees or whatever it might be you've got more training to do and constant training because your menus change and yep. the things that you're doing are different you know your wine list change all that sort of stuff um, the investment for you guys is more than some little cafes or little takeaway oh, spots like, or whatever it yeah, might be 100%. the investment in your staff yeah. probably, so, probably double like really yeah, yeah. is it like for, for you guys it's it's extremely important for you guys because you already put such a large investment into your staff that you want them to come back and you want them to continue working for you and you want them to stay over summer. You don't want them to piss off for three months over summer and then, oh, you, no. you know, whatever it might Long, be. Longevity is exactly. really important is really for us. Important. We, we lose someone here and it's like, yeah. okay, we've got to start again. Yeah. And, and we, we're very upfront. Like when we interview or um, someone has a trial, it's like, and they see... Free trial. The menu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unpaid. Unpaid. <laughs> unpaid. Um, I got they, they pay us just to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're, we're very upfront with them in a the sense that, like, they, they, you know, a food runner looks through the menu and I just say write all the things down that you have no idea what they are, which yeah. is the majority of the menu, yeah. and we go from there. Yeah. And same with the wine list. Like, they've got no idea. Yeah. But it's we said if you want to work here, you're going to have to, like, yeah, our, our casuals come in on a Wednesday at um, at two o'clock with David just to do um, wine training. Yep. Um, they do like every every week or every second week depending on how many new things we've got on and then I jump in and chat to them as well but they do that off their own bat just because they want to learn about the wines and everything yeah. mm. Mm. Well, I think like saying the obviously we've got so we're, we're lucky I'll finish yeah. that with we're very lucky I think we, we have to put that time in you make your own lucky time in yeah exactly yeah. But, but I think it's nice like, to have nice people these, these like smaller cafes and stuff it's, it's not like if you go to a cafe and there's like a great front of house person there mm. super friendly like they, they can make up for a, you know the half decent bacon roll or whatever it is and you probably go back like, like the, the front of house stuff really set the tone of, of anywhere from any level so, oh, from the door like, yeah and the fact, the fact that the kind of cafe staff are sort of treated as a revolving door <coughs> and like just get another one in yeah. it's the same I think that, that's kind of the wrong attitude straight away, and that might be why they're, they're trying to cut costs. Yeah, well, say. that's it. I know, like, I mean, the, you know, in the Illawarra, we've got, as compared to other places in Australia, we've got high unemployment, 
mm. there's an abundance of uni students and there's like all these businesses and yeah I guess there obviously there is a lot of places that aren't making any investment in their staff at all because yeah. they underpay them and yeah. treat them like shit and then and then they just go who gives a shit we'll just find the next fucking uni student who wants to take 12 an hour cash like well yeah, that, yeah that's, 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 almost, sure. that's almost the problem is people yeah. not speaking up about it just yeah. means that like oh you don't want to you don't you don't you don't find that amount of money next person will be so it's kind of yeah it's endemic like that yeah um the other the other aspect to it which none of the articles actually mentioned um is that there are there is i can guarantee you that there is a group of uni students who want to be paid cash and want and don't mind if they're underpaid because when you start receiving money on the books if you're on Centrelink it means that you are getting less from Centrelink if you yep. do over a certain amount of hours or yep. if you make over a certain amount of money so if you're getting if your award is 1890 and the venue that you're working at is paying you 16 bucks an hour cash there's probably you know, a, a, there's a, there's probably a substantial group out there who oh, will take that for all sure. that. You know yeah. Request I mean? it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's the next level of that. It's like, what if, what if they want to be paid less? Well, that's the um, thing. Like, at the same time, if, the, if, if, if a venue has had numerous people come to them and say, sure, yeah, I'll take 16 an hour cash because it doesn't affect my youth allowance. Yeah. And that becomes a part of their culture of paying their uni students. Yeah. And yeah. they don't think about it as being in, like the wrong as, thing. as them taking advantage yeah. of them because they've had people that are fine with it. Over oh, there's, it goes both. It goes both ways. Hey? Yeah. Like you've got a. We've had a lot of people, uh, not necessarily here, but more so in the past, like that places I've worked, saying like, "Oh, I only want to work this amount of hours mm. because otherwise I just lose money." Yeah. And yeah. it's like, but then you're willing to, you know, go and break the law essentially, yeah. like off your own bat and take less money. Um, so you can, like, rip the government off. Is, yeah, is, yeah, Like, yeah. you know, it's oh, like, like the employer's ripping you off or the yeah. gov- you're ripping the government off. Like, it's... Yeah, at least, like, if, if someone comes and they, like, they want to be paid cash and you agree on an amount and they think that's fair, at least from, like, a sort of moral standpoint, you're like, well, I'm not fucking them over. I'm just breaking some laws. So, I think, like, it's, it's, it's maybe, like, one notch above underpaying people. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, on an integrity yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, moral <laughs> fucked up restaurant practice scale. We're just, like, we're one, one little thing up. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's a tough one. Like, uh, I mean, and if you pay them cash, you're saving on the super, you're saving on your insurance. Like, there's, there's benefits both ways. And you're like, well... So, um, so, yeah, it's kind of a moral man, dilemma you post. Man, oh, fuck, yeah. man, I worked for 110 bucks for a 10-hour day up in Offit, man, and I was loving it because <laughs> oh, I come home yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with a fucking green back bucks, in my pocket, yeah. and I was like, yeah. shit, yes. Like, that was, you know, I was making, well, it was, you get like 220 a week or something like that we were getting. Yeah. So I was like making another 50% of my income in a day's work, yeah. which I'll probably skip two lectures to go to anyway. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, well, I'll take three of three of the four years of my apprenticeship, I, I had a I worked six days a week every week, and I had one of those like that six day was a cash job, mm. yeah, and I'd, yeah, right. I'd make I was getting paid I was getting paid like first fifteen an hour cash, then twenty an hour cash, and mm. I'd do an eight to ten hour day, and shit that'd pay for some fucking beers, yeah, pack of ciggies, and my my rent in the share house for the week, yeah, like yeah. and then my pay was my pay. Like that, you know, my pay was shit. Yeah. Like as a third year, whatever, I was probably getting 300 and 320, 330 a week. 
But then that cash day, and I, I did it like nearly my, my entire apprenticeship. Yeah. Even as a, a, I did it my entire apprenticeship now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worked a six day wherever the heck I could. Just, or I'd do functions at night for someone because there's a lot of that work in Mudgee. But whatever, for me, when I was, I, I was a bit more confident and I would speak up if I didn't, didn't like something or whatever, but um, yeah, I'd kind of, I had the mentality that, that like, okay, I, I've, you've said I'll pay you 15 bucks an hour for this shift. I, I'd be like, okay, I'll get paid 15 bucks an hour. And if yeah. I don't like that, I'll go and ask someone else if they've got cash work. Like, but I mean, all people are different. But yeah, if I if I didn't, I, I sort of thought to myself, okay, I've agreed to this. I'm just going to yeah. work for that. Like, do you think that do you think that the government or even the uni or whatever, like Fair Work or whatever, maybe have a bit more of a responsibility to people who are getting a job for the first time or uni students or you know, like. I look at 18 year olds now and they look like children they're like and I'm sorry to any 18 year olds out there they're quite young and yeah. you know like you still got a lot young, to young learn they like, and they're kids the school the kids, kids and the school like the, like whether it, whether it's you're in school or whatever it is like I never got taught any fucking negotiation yeah. skills like, like, or yeah. any preparation yeah. well, what, for 18 year old knows what the award is yeah, yeah. Like, like you could tell you could just tell, like, you could just tell like, someone like the thing is is that like I'm sure if if there was a concern about it and someone rang up Fair Work or whatever and said, I think I'm getting underpaid, they'd go, go to our website yeah. and there's an information sheet on the, and it's just all boring government information sheet. Do you yeah. reckon there's any responsibility for the government to sort of like educate, educate people who are coming out of school about, you know, well, getting, getting it right when it comes to getting yeah, your first job and that sort I, of stuff? I, I think there's probably a lot to be said like for it like if there was something I mean I, I was lucky I, I know my old man always sort of said to me make sure you like getting what you should be getting when, yep. you, when you're being paid sort of thing like you know if, if you think it's too little speak up mm-hmm. not everyone has that mm-hmm. and I think like some it wouldn't take much for something to be said at school yeah. because okay guys this is around the first time you can now go and get a job like, I mean, there was a careers advisor at school, whatever. Yeah. There was never any talk about this is how much you should like. Yeah. Hand, yeah. hand fucking award. They say you do your tax. That's they not say, that so. Yeah. Now you find out how much you pay. It wouldn't be hard yeah. to hand the award out to kids at school. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think actually that the article did quite a good job of that of giving people the information of where to go, where to check, yeah, right. where to complain. I think, I think that it was, was all that, down that the was. That, yeah, that yeah, definitely and, was. And that, that, that was, made a point that of was that. a big plus of it. If people having the information. I think you know if if people are sort of gaming the system or like fucking up there's, there's always some breakdown in, in how the rules are done or, or how they've promoted it or, or whatever it is so it like, can always be done I mean done the better. article the article we're referring to definitely was the extreme end of people getting getting fucking ripped off yeah. like yeah, 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 unpaid true. things as we've yeah, mentioned there was like 10, 10 bucks an hour people are getting paid yeah. like it, it's 2008 and of like, course they're the media and that's this what they're going to report on yeah, yeah. Of course, it was the extreme, and we're talking about the grey areas yeah, I guess, yeah. now, where it, where it sort of works both ways. Um, mm. I mean, the easiest way as a business that, that we've found in our experience is to just, and it's definitely the fucking hardest way, is to be above board with yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And every you know every every quarter it comes time to give all your money to the government, which is exactly how it fucking goes yeah. in a restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does make it a lot harder. It yeah. does, like ten percent of everything comes straight off that, and, and blah, yeah. blah blah blah. But the only way to be safe you is can to sleep do it. at night. Yeah, <laughs> you can, yeah. You pay your staff. Like, I know. I, I know. I don't, if someone came in and audited us, or or when Fair Work came through unannounced, like 
Jen's only thing was like, oh, is everything, have I, like, is it 20 cents an hour I'm out? Like, is it up yeah, to yeah, date? Yeah, that, yeah. That's her biggest worry. Yeah. You know, so. And there's people down the street that are, that are like 10 bucks an hour off. Yeah, hiding out, hiding out, hiding out yeah, in yeah. a fucking dry store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's <laughs> funny that, that article, like you say, it, it being the extreme of things as well. It's like, after every case study they did, they say, we contacted the owners and the yeah, manager yeah. of this place and the owner said to us, as far as I know, we pay everyone properly. Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot <laughs> it's of like blame as far yeah. as I know. Yeah. Quite yeah. a lot of them blamed like old owners. Like, I That's one restaurant true. And I was like, I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't sure no. they had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf didn't get Lewis stitched up because they'd just taken over. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a yeah. fucking yeah. stitch up. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, shout out to the fucking Ben and I think I saw one restaurant that said they had it was under previous owners, and I was like, I can't remember them changing. Over. There was there was like three that said they were, yeah. they were under previous owners. So, and I know what <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, trying, to, like <laughs> trying to just call like that. randomly call up restaurants. It's really hard to get in touch yeah, with the yeah. right person. But they're yeah. like, the media will go, "Can I speak to the manager?" And then they'll ask these questions to the manager, and then yeah, the manager yeah. will go, "I don't know anything about that. It must have been the old manager." And yeah, then hang yeah. up the phone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just funny how no one, yeah. no one sort of like took responsibility I mean, for it. The one thing, you, the you didn't hear is any follow up, like these restaurants yeah. that are doing it. That would be I interesting. Didn't hear, I didn't hear anything about or, or what the consequences were. You mean well, exactly. So were, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if there's no consequences to anything, then what's to stop people doing it? So well, it'd, be, sure it'd be interesting. Maybe we should get hold of. I'm we, sure we, there were. We, 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 yeah, we should get hold of it. Maybe. Well, why don't we do it ourselves? We just go start knocking on doors. Steph's pretty big. You can just knock get everyone, everyone. Yeah, yeah. get Luke and Ben or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we need to come up with a name for the podcast and then now a name for our debt collecting. So yeah. that we're doing. Yeah. So we're coming up with. Yeah. We're here to collect. But, but, yeah. Super um, quick, quick sound debt collection. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess so. So the other question I had then was like we touched on it before. You know, there's a lot of the, like I'm, I'm assuming a lot of these businesses run such narrow margins that if they if they said we're going to pay all of our staff above board super insurance all the rest of it it's going to translate into fucking bum, bum. heaps of money yeah. like and it's probably going to be the end of business like yeah. for, for, for some at least so like if hypothetically there was a forum for all hospitality business owners in Wollongong and everyone said okay from now on we're going to pay we're going to we're going to pay all our staff above board like how how does that change the hospitality landscape in Wollongong because ideally what we're looking for is an industry where everyone is doing the right thing everyone who works in the industry are getting paid well so they can stay either like you're never going to keep someone in, in the hosp- hospitality industry and make them want to work in that industry an industry that's short on you know yeah. front of house well, back of house fucking everything life, like, life is exactly the yeah. word like, yeah. yeah that's short on life as it is so what we want is you know, people doing everything right and keeping their staff happy and mm. showing them an insight into an industry that's a really cool thing to be a part of. That you actually get looked after. Exactly. Yeah. So, but if so, if that was to happen, like how many places, like, I mean, what's the, what, what does the future hold for, is, is it, is it just Wollongong? Like, is there other regional it's places? It's fucking everywhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. a city, yeah, man. It's, like, it's everywhere. Oh, for sure. Well, made from the, why would it be any different here? You know, people are people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess like a lot of the emphasis was placed on the fact that we're a uni town and, and, and people are more yeah, I think it's willing young, to take young advantage people, of students. Young people get the brunt of it, I think. And you students, like I said, 18 years old, might be their first job, first time away from home. They're the ones who are going to... Easy to take away. Yeah, easy to take away. But I think, I think it's, it's, it's endemic to the industry. It's at all, all sort of levels, 
all uh, all places um, it happens yeah, quite often I think uh, but if, if if by paying your staff properly your business fails there's something wrong with your business exactly basically not, right. not, to, um, not to be co- yeah I, th- I think learning, but yeah. like definitely like that's a, 100% accurate. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, need, you need to make other changes if you can't yeah. look after your staff. And, yeah. uh, I mean, to, to be fair, like the government could probably come to the party and make things a little bit easier on small businesses yeah, in, in New, yeah. South, New South Wales, Australia, whatever, to, yeah. to make it easier for all these people to pay people properly and still yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd be able to charge, you know, we might be able to charge a little, a little yeah. less, even if so much of our money wasn't wasn't going to the government. Yeah. Um, I mean, the award rates, casual staff oh, get paid fucking really yeah. well, man. Just, like, what's, what's, a, what's an eighteen-year-old on these days? Like, ooh, I, I, oh, Jen's Jen's person to speak to, like, it, it goes up. But like, yeah. I, I think the award right now for our guys here is it's twenty-four something front of house Monday to Friday. Yeah. What age? That's uh, twenty-one. So, yeah, twenty-one above. Yeah. But like, so yeah, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, I remember awesome. dish, dishwasher. Twenty, like, twenty-two. I remember yeah, my mate yeah. told me like when yeah. when my friend told me he got a, a twenty an hour. Yeah. I'll do that. What? So do ten hours on a Saturday? Mm. Like you're getting paid nearly thirty bucks an hour. Yeah. I think. Sorry, I think it's twenty-seven on a on a Saturday. Yeah. So. Um, so we casual job. It's big yeah, money. I, I want to do so should I? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I not doing what I was doing when I was an apprentice? What made less money now? It's funny now. Yeah. But I was a fucking fourth yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the idiot? Yeah. yeah. But the, the, the again, I said like, yeah, government can make things easy for small businesses. Um, I think uh, the customers need to realise how much food costs as well. That's, I think that's they, a massive part. Uh, of and I think a lot of stuff comes down to that is is that people aren't willing to pay. Um, the price that needs to be paid. People, like, people think that... Well, we were talking about it the other day, weren't we? Yeah, like, people it's... think that you're like, you're, you, you're, you're both have slightly more expensive restaurants than, than some, and people think, because you're charging more for your food, you're, you're making more money. And it's, it's, it's kind of the other way around, really. Like, you might have time, work, staff training, like you said about the, the, you know, the time goes into sourcing. Exactly, like the, the, the amount of money, it, you, know, you, you do a third on ingredients, a third on your overheads, a third on staff. And then you go, right, shit, what's, 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 what's like the remainder of the 666 is kind of left over. So um, it, it, come, yeah, it comes down to like a lot of things, and, and I think people understanding how much food and how much good food costs. You can go to Coles or Woolies, I almost said Tesco then, mm. Tesco as well if you're in the UK, yeah. um, and buy a chicken, it'll cost you eight bucks. Um, but like the farmer got paid 30 cents for that chicken. Yeah, and and, and someone's boxing yeah. in. But and like, so yeah. many people have expectations of, of the integrity yeah. and such behind our food in, in yeah. places like this, but but they don't want to pay. Yeah, I mean, if we get if we had chicken on the menu, X amount for a prawn or, or yeah. for and, and fuck, it's costing us. Like, I'm telling you, we, we're not marking it up. Like, mm. yeah, my accountant, I hope he's <laughs> like, you know, we're not marking a lot of our stuff up here. We've got to be really, really smart about like costing our menu as a mm. whole mm. Yeah. Uh, like we look at things week to week here Jen's very very cluey in the way she does things which, which keeps me right on track but we've got to look at things as a whole not like I've got a prawn like ballerina prawns on the menu for, for 42 bucks they probably should be 48 yeah. but I've got to bump something up a little, a little bit more so people can will actually buy those prawns and, yeah. and not walk up to the fucking counter with it and smack someone on the head with it because they're getting charged 12 bucks or 13 yeah. bucks for a prawn yeah. and they should be Mm. But the understanding of that is minimal, yeah. uh, and that comes into that comes into the wage 
the wages as well. Exactly. Like, yeah. so we've got to yeah. charge what we need to charge I mean, to pay and, people and properly. That's almost the only way it's going to change, really, is that people, um, if one start uh, replying with their feet, so like, go to the places you like and you know, go to them more often and spend a little bit more money and, and don't be don't be too shocked when things seem more expensive than what you'd buy, you know, buy three three pawns and coals because you have four bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but where did they come, like where did they come from? Oh, exactly, yeah, you know, provenance. And what's they... that doing to our fucking industry? Like, exactly, I mean, this yeah, is a exactly. whole other podcast for me. Like, I can talk about that all day. Yeah. We, 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 we'll, we'll write it down for a big discussion yeah. about this. Because it's, it, it's yeah, very important. It's an important. Yeah, yeah, it think, ties yeah. into everything. Exactly. Yeah. But people need to understand how much food costs, and and go to your go to your favorite restaurant. You know, a couple couple extra time a year. Mm. Yeah. And, and that would make a difference. And that that would make. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny how. Uh, I don't know. It's just the psychology of spending money is is really funny because mm. some things that you are just like, no way I'm fucking spending any money on. Like I saw yeah, a funny yeah. cartoon the other day yeah. that was like, that that was like. It was a guy looking at his phone, and it was like in the, in the bubble was, oh, a really really cool app that will help me organize my life and save me hours and hours and hours in the long run. Two dollars, yeah. no fucking way. Yeah, yeah, and then it was like him at a cocktail bar, and it was like, what cocktails? Fourteen dollars? I'll take three. Yeah, 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 like so <laughs> you yeah. know what it is. Like, so, yeah. so the psychology is really yeah. funny when it comes people, to that sort of people stuff. People like, oh, I'd never spend that much money on. I'd never spend you know hundred. Fifty bucks in a meal. Yeah, but like it's like you could find a hobby. Like, what would you like golf? Like, how much your last golf club fucking cost? Yeah, Fuck yeah. But like, yeah. Oh come on! I think the the fucking best example has to be a pack of fucking cigarettes. Oh, <laughs> like we, we were at, we were at North Kong like I don't know a month ago, and my wife Jen, she's gonna hate me for saying, but she's like this like, you know, oh I have a few drinks. I like she fucking might smoke once every yeah. six weeks. Yeah. You have a cigarette, uh, yeah. but she went and bought a pack of cigarettes. And it was thirty-seven dollars. Thirty-seven dollars. But like, people will people will do that. People yeah, will buy a pack of cigarettes, whatever up the road. Thirty-eight dollars main. It's crazy. <laughs> like, the psychology <laughs> is what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. What people are willing to spend money but it's on. Like and the, it's the funny thing as well. It's like thirty-six dollars for a main is is tough to part with. But you know, you get the you go to you go to a cafe and you get whatever plus. Some halloumi and a mushroom, and it costs you twenty three. Yeah, and, yeah, and, cafes and, are and if you know what I mean, like smash it. But you yeah. get hey, hey, like yeah. breakfast is fucking fun yeah. because yeah. it's like twenty to thirty bucks. Yeah, as soon as you get up above that, and people start like, yeah, exactly, get, yeah. getting the calculator out and yeah. fuck, I, I, I the other day that cost me like. Fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh god! Yeah, stop, yeah, stop, stop, stop being a fucking lazy <laughs> fuck. It's a five dollar delivery, mate. Pumped it up. Pumped it up. His boy already no across the road. No tip, bro. No tip, bro. Jog on, hey. We get paid a ward. That's what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the delivery driver it's on? Fucking bad <laughs> artist, boy. <laughs> That'd be so funny. There's chippies. <laughs> Like the Kevo owner just like rocks up at the Simon. What are you doing here? I'm doing now. Yeah. Turns out I'm just getting a ward where I'm getting paid way more than I used to. I'm getting all the benefits. Man, these guys really getting... look after you. Hey, hey take a card. Career change. Um. All right. Well, I, I guess in terms of like this issue, like what's next then? I guess it, like you know you were talking about there being a follow-up in, in, in this sort of like news media like there is no follow-up so what happens like does Wollongong 
hospitality culture sort of go like I mean a lot of people would have got to kick up the ass I reckon They're, like all the businesses that got stung by the the raid that Fair Work did obviously were mm. implicated and then forced to change pr- their yeah, practices. And they probably would have had to had to back pay people. I yeah, think, and back pay. In, yeah. in the extreme yeah. situations, I'm assuming in, in my experience in the past, I got I didn't talk about it but I got underpaid once like way back when and I, I called Fair Work and they like I got back paid because I wasn't getting paid with super and they yeah, made right. they made them pay it. Yeah like, so that, that, that's not super all the people one screwed about with yeah. hospitality. And if you yeah yeah but, again, but yeah, like so, I'm assuming there would have been consequences. I mean, as you say, assume like as I said, mm. assuming yeah. there's no follow-up article mm. or anything, which isn't unusual. Mm. So I guess the way forward, like if we're looking at, I mean, we can talk about the problem, which is what we have been. But I think possible like things that people can go forward with, like number one, if you're a parent or if you're a school teacher or whatever you might be and you've got access to people who are entering the sort of marketplace of jobs for the first time like just make sure that they know about the fact that there is you know a legal system in place that makes people get paid fairly and there's been a lot of energy and money taxpayer money spent by the government on figuring out how much people should get paid so make use of it and make sure that you know like and it's a it's you know negotiation in business when when it like in the workplace from the level of being a dishwasher at the age of 17 or whenever you're first legally allowed to get paid to being you know the top of a sort of a whatever if you're a partner in law firm or whatever it might be like it is important for people to have negotiation skills in the workplace and it's something that you kind of that probably there needs to be more emphasis placed on just just the the simple knowledge that that you you are entitled to and at, you know, there's an award, and, and you have entitlements, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to ask what they are, because yeah, yeah. Our employers have the legal obligation to show you their award and have a copy in the workplace, everywhere. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the law. Yep. We have to have a copy in the office. If anyone wants to see the award, here, yeah. here it is. And, yep. and as an extension of like parent, teacher, whatever it is, if you're, you know, like son or daughter is going into the workplace for the first time, have a look at where they're going to work. Print the award out. It's online. Easy, yeah. print the award out and, and check it for yourself yeah. and give it to yeah. them and say, is this what, like, you know, you get looked after? Yeah. I think, like, there's a little bit of that thing of, um, of hospitality chefs especially being like, I don't care how much you get paid, so not not even asking at the interview or, or the trial, whatever it is. I think, like, a minimum you just have to check. Like, I'm going to make a big deal yeah. about it and be like, so how much are you going to pay me? Negotiate. Yeah. But you just be like, so do you guys pay award? Yeah. Or, or, you know, what, what, is, is it full-time? Is it, is, it, is it, you know, is it by the hour? Is it salary? Just, you know, you just need to just check what these things are yeah, well, before you go into it uh, and make sure they're going to they're gonna do it right. I think a lot of it would, would just come from them assuming they don't know or the business assuming that the staff member doesn't know and then just yeah, fucking them over. But, but as, a, as a qualified chef, I mean, I mean, we try to think as an employer coming from, you know, when we phased into being an employer to an, em, em, sorry, an employee to an employer. Yeah. To owning Back the to business, employee, delivery driving, we, yeah, delivery. Yeah. No, we tried to. We always tried to think. Well, Jen and I, like, <clears throat> when we're talking to, like, you know, new staff members, as chef, whatever. It's like the main things they want to see, and, and when we're when we're making an offer to someone, it's like we'll, we'll say we'll put something together for you, and it's like mm. here's before tax, here's you know what, what's that after tax mm. figure? Yeah, yeah, that's what people want to see. What am yeah. I getting paid in my pocket every week? Like yeah. they don't give a shit about how much it costs us to have <laughs> yeah. in tax and whatnot to have them here. 
And here's your super. Like that's it's yeah. from an employer employer's perspective. That's what, I think that's what you can do. Yeah. If there's any employers listening to to to, well, yeah. to, to make it oh, like yeah. easy yeah. for yeah. those people. It's, get, it's get tell them packs, exactly what they're yeah, getting. Get your packs together. Have have your your code of conduct. Yeah. Have you know what's expected of them, and take that stuff seriously. I think like. We, we, it makes uh, people feel feel, feel safe. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and when, 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 when Tom starts took over, that that was super important to us, and we spent a lot of time. And his uh, dad helped us with it quite a lot as well. It's been an experience of stuff like that, and it was like we wanted to have that all together to show our intent that we're, you know, we're not we're not fucking around. We're yep. not just you know we're, we're taking this very seriously. This is what we're going from here. This is this. This is your contract. This is everything. This is everything you need to know. It's got you know information about any procedures we've got it goes a long way yeah and yeah. it shows your intent and it take, people take you a lot more seriously like that as well um, as you kind of should take yourself seriously I guess yeah yeah. it's important to let people know what they're going to get mm-hmm. it's important to know that you you can also ask when, yeah. you, when you're going into an interview that you shouldn't be scared to ask yeah I think for businesses as well like there is a lot of organisations and, and, and government out there that provides support for small businesses mm. and I think that, that that might be something that, that that people don't access and hospitality sort of being one of those industries where like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different industry in the sense that if you want to become a builder and you don't have any experience as a carpenter or a builder you're not just going to open a building organisation yeah, yeah. but <laughs> there, there are a lot of people <laughs> that go into owning a hospitality business that don't have any experience and it, yeah. look you know good on you for having a go but if, if you need that support like if you need support there yeah. is there is support and, available and, to you and you fucking will yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. if you're not if you're not experienced in the industry and, and you yeah. open a kitchen or yeah, yeah you exactly. know, and, and even like even talking to plenty of chefs and stuff it's like you know, there's a lot of chefs who have been in the business for a long time and they deal with finances and they do costings and mm. all that sort of stuff, but th- they've never had to do payroll before or anything yeah. like oh, that. Yeah. And then they open oh, their own yeah. business and they're like, fuck, like, I've yeah, got yeah, a so lot of get, responsibility. So there's support available there to yeah. people. Um, and I guess also, if you actually know that you are taking advantage of people, just stop taking advantage of people. Yeah, stop being a jerk. That'll go a long way in, in the industry. Like, to, to sum it up, I yeah. guess it's like... <laughs> You know, don't, don't be a fuckwit. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you are one of those people that, that is deliberately ripping people off, then go fucking do something else because yeah. you obviously can't yeah. like do what you're doing with any fucking and if integrity. You, if you justify it as, you know, if you justify it by saying our business wouldn't survive otherwise, then yeah, you go take, take a step back. Go get some advice or go get some support from the government or whatever. But look for other ways and don't do it at the cost Stop. of human beings. Yeah, yeah. Being yeah. A jerk. yeah. 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 Good exactly. Summer. All right. Yeah. Nice. Cool. We'll leave it there for that segment which we're going to call Andy, Simon and Steph talk about something yeah. well, I think, or discuss a thing or whatever discuss it might be discuss a thing yeah. um, little Jewish yeah. let's <laughs> move on to let's move on to the second one which is show and tell Andy what, what did you bring in for show and tell today uh, some kangaroo island hand dive scallops okay tell us about them um, so uh, Alfie showed Con from Southern Fresh Big shout out to, to Con, he's, he's a bit of a legend um, who, who we have a great relationship with. He this year uh, had contact with a fisherman, uh, Paul Polacco um, from Kangaroo Island. So he's the 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 one guy the one guy with a license to fish these. 
and that's him, that's Paul. Um, he, like, they literally are hand-dived scallops, and it, it is the only actual hand-dived scallop in Australia. There are other people who say that, that um, hand-dived scallop, but they, they go down and, uh, like, the, the difference is that there's no vacuum used or no rake yeah, on the right. ocean floor. There's no disruption to, to the marine life, like, on the ocean floor, which is, like, you know, it's, it's a very important thing in this day and age. Um, obviously, I... I'm not too I'm not too familiar with um, Kangaroo Island itself. I, I know that there's Quops. an abundance of marine life um, around there, such as this, and and that it's obviously being regulated and looked after, which is is really cool. Um, but yeah, like it's such a unique product. There's one guy that's allowed to fish for them, yeah. and he has to go down um, and he dives. We just get told when he's going to dive. Um, and we have to order Tuesday. He dives like Thursday, and they, they arrive yeah. on Friday. Basically, so tiny, we, tiny yeah, he, we we have to put our order in, and he, he yeah. dives. Yeah, for them. basically dived for you. Hey, like yeah, he goes out with his eyes. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, then we when they're out, they're out as well. It's not like there's a oh exactly. Like there's been weeks. There's been weeks like when when we couldn't get them because there's too many sharks, so we couldn't dive. I mean, it's, it's a very sharky area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the point, the point is that one guy, like with a license, um, and he, he has to go down and grab them off the ocean floor and put them in a net and then take them back to the boat. Mm-hmm. There's no, yeah, no, no vacuum, no rake. Yeah. And so... Yeah, the advantage I'm, of that is the quality. Oh, it's, it's, this, it's yeah. like, you're not just yeah. trawling and just picking up shit ones, big ones, smashing them about. Like, and there's nothing else being affected yeah. by, by said yeah. trawling. Pick, picking the right, the right size, the right yep. time, the right places, and that makes really such a big difference to quality as well. Yep. How... How how long have these been available for? We've, we've been getting them. No, it wasn't not that long. Uh, I can't. Sorry, Steph. I can't That's tell you right. exactly when it's. It's been probably six months. I yeah. think we've been able to get them. Yeah. Um, but but they like, are, so last year, were they like? Was the fishery? How long do you like? Do you know how long the fishery? I think of this. Has been I think. For? Well, this is the first year that, like the last year, we were getting a different scallop of a similar. Um, Similar fishing method um, from a different place. Yeah. Um, this is the first year I, I've been told, hey, you've got access to these. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this guy, like, Con, before, before the program started and he started bringing them in and selling them, um, he went out there with Paul and went out on the boat and tasted them and ate them with him and, and, and watched, like, he went for a dive with him and he, he went out there to see what this was all about and, and came back. As Con does, he gets really fucking excited yeah. and, re- and and really passionate, which yeah. is which is what I love about him. Mm. Um, and yeah, so then yeah, we all had access to this this product, um, yeah. and we go through. Oh, it just depends on the week, but six or eight does we usually get mm-hmm. um, because they're only available like Friday, so we only use them on a Friday, Saturday night, mm-hmm. and, and Sunday if there's any left. But we'll chuck a few. Like at 5.30, 5.45, just before service. And then we shuck them to order for anything after that. Um, and then, but we don't, like, we we shuck less than more so that, so that we do them fresh the next day as yeah. well. Um, a product like this, I'm sure Simon will agree, you, you, the amount of work that's gone into plucking it off the ocean floor to get it to our restaurant, we've got to, we've got to put that work into to putting it on a plate mm-hmm. and, and translating it and, and giving the customer... 
this closer experience, you know, to, to like what you have when you pull it out on the boat and, and eat one. Yeah. For those, for those who don't know, obviously, as well, like one of the striking things about these are the colour. Purple shell, purple row. The rows, there's different colour rows. There's different colour rows. I think it's the sex, correct me if I'm wrong, Simon. Oh, I'm sure yeah, it's right. I was wondering about this thing as well. I think it's well, there's a, purple uh, row on some of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, some, yeah. Intense. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's actually, you check out the Babyface Instagram, um, and there's a couple of photos on there, and they yeah. really are... I'll take a photo of them now yeah. in a second. V- I'll put visually, visually stunning. Yeah. Um, and the flavour is like... I mean, we've had customers actually not like them, and I think I've told you this before. One of the complaints was it tastes too much like the ocean. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, which is like, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know if you so, want yeah. it to taste like the fucking yeah. the, the meadows or something, but well, it, that's yeah. where it's come from. But, yeah, that's the thing. Um, that people, I mean, getting live scallops in Australia is, is pretty hard work in general. Oh yeah. To get ones of that quality is another step again. Yeah. Mm. So most people would have experienced probably frozen scallops, probably from Asia, which aren't bad in the scheme of things. But they're, they're, they're nothing. They're, they're, they're almost a different product when you get something that fresh. Oh, it, it's done completely different ballgame. Like I said, yeah, and, and people, people will be surprised by it. They're surprised by the actual yeah. flavour of what yeah. a scallop really tastes exactly, like because it hasn't yeah. been frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, rather than just. And, and that's, that's why most times you see a scallop, it's, it's super charred on one side. So you get some caramelisation and you, get yep. some, you almost get some flavour into it. Yep. And the rest of it is just, just it's about texture. Texture thing. Um, but yeah, when you get them that fresh. So, what, like, if, if you're looking for flavour in a scallop, like, how. What, what are you looking for? Like, you, you want it to taste fresh and taste like the ocean. Well, I mean, you shuck an oyster and the difference between an oyster you buy shucked mm. or shucking one yourself and, and downing mm. it, like, I compare it to that. Not, not in flavour, but I compare it to, you know, th- those differences. Yeah. Like, yeah. these things, are, like, there's a beautiful sweetness to them. There's, like... Sounds like a buttery texture. Oh, amazing texture yeah. was, my, yeah. next, was yeah. my next point. And... Like just the smell, like sometimes we'll get them depending on like obviously how long it's been or how they've traveled or whatever, we'll shuck them and they're still like pumping like a yeah. heart, like they're, they're alive, yeah. you know. Um, so they couldn't they couldn't be fresher. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you don't like them, I guess it's just a matter of you, you really, when it comes down to it, you don't like scallops. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So if you're taking something like that, like, are you just grilling them? So we, when it comes to something like this, we don't like to fuck with it too much because what's the point of Paul going to all this trouble and con and so on and so forth uh, and then us shucking them you know so close to service and everything. so we so we make a chickpea miso here um, which it takes about six months to get to like the sweetness and, and nuttiness that we like and saltiness you know it's, a, it's that balance with the miso um, but to get to where we want it takes about six months um, we hit them in a really hot pan like very quickly with like start it with a bit of oil um it's not really about color we let we just sear them to get the texture right and we let and then we hit it with um like a chickpea miso and kombu butter and that just combines nicely and gives it another nutty sweetness scallops in they come they come straight out the butter like goes on a tray with them um and all we serve um on the scallop other than the chickpea miso and the kombu butter is like I forage some sea blight and sandfire and we serve like a tiny little like yeah, end, of, end of each so um, to, exactly so it's a little salty pop that goes with it that, and then the chickpea miso adds a, a 
fucking delicious sweet sweetness and nuttiness. I, we, I wish we could have cooked a couple. The mm. chickpea miso really like goes with them so well. Mm. Um, and then we plate them and grab some lemon myrtle and just like like a bunch of fresh lemon myrtle leaves and crunch them and slap them and put them on top. So when that gets to the table, you smell the lemon myrtle because when like fresh lemon myrtle yeah, is yeah, crushed, fucking yeah. delicious. Yeah. We just crush it, slap it. Put it on top of the scallops. So you smell the lemon myrtle when it hits the table, and then you just bang the scallop. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're you know they're not they're not raw in the middle, but like obviously you want it seared nicely yeah. and warmed through nicely, but you don't want to take away from that that yeah, amazing you're texture. Set that protein, so it's not like not jelly, not like yeah. yeah. People like that's pretty confronting texture. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I've yeah. when we first got, got them, I shucked shucked one, cut the gut sack off it. Um, and ate it raw. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's fucking delicious. Yeah. And, uh, like delicious, like eating a fresh oyster. It's like eating an oyster. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When, when they're when they're like when this, you do that, yeah. when they're of this quality, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a really really unique product that that a couple of people have put a whole lot of fucking work into yeah. that I consider us really lucky to be able to use, and people in Sydney, Wollongong, you know, I, I don't know how many people use them down here outside of probably. Uh, Tom, Tom and Simon, on once maybe I think. I don't think anyone else would be able to charge the, the price well, for uh, them or yeah. anything. But, but that's the thing is, it's all that effort that goes into it. Like one guy and he's yep. trying to supply yep. things. Then it's not a cheap product. No, it's you know, they're, they're expensive and that's exactly. Good. That's good. And it, you know, even like menu's got to reflect it. Yeah, you said like you're making chickpea miso it takes six months to make. Yeah, so like yep. Yep, this is like yeah, and, and you can fuck it up. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this is where and I pick like yeah. Every is, every is second day, I go and pick the pick the greens that, that go with it. So a lot, a lot of work goes into putting it on the plate, and yeah. we try to get you Basically, know our superstar Willie to, to translate, like to talk to the customer. Yeah. About so it. how does that work? How does how does translating that to the customer um, go? Look, we we have a, a set kind of. Well, we actually ask our, our staff, like we tell them, hey, this is what I want you to, to get to the customer, and then we get them to put together something for themselves. I'll write something down for them. We, we want them to be themselves and get it to the customer. I think that works better. And then, and then if there's any more questions to follow, they've got the knowledge. Like yeah. there's a printout on the wall about yeah, right. this scholar. Yeah. A new product like that that's so unique. They get a handout of it, and then there's a printout on the wall for them to check before they walk out of the kitchen with it or, or they ask on the pass. Um, you know, you only get a limited amount of time with the customer, so I think it's important to have something quickly to tell them that says, "Hey, this is a really, this is you know, a really yeah. unique product," and then they've got the knowledge to answer the questions yeah. if a customer wants you to. Let's give them like the, 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 the. There's usually like one or one or two bits of information you want to give the customer about an ingredient or a dish, and then you just want to kind of pick their interest a little bit, and then hopefully ask more questions. Some people don't ask questions. Some just want to eat it. Yeah, That's don't go way. away. Other yeah, people yeah, yeah. want to know everything. Exactly. Yeah. So as long like. as you can pick their interest a little bit, and then people who want to know will normally ask and then obviously your staff, that's a, that's your staff got you ready and there's no way. point in doing that if your staff going to go oh I'm going to ask someone I've so got to go yeah. ask the chef <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of what's it's, it's pretty funny yeah. that one isn't it like when, you, when, you, when you're dining at a restaurant and you know they've got this one line nailed yeah, yeah, like exactly. whatever yeah, yeah. Asked, I think I was like I'm going to go ask someone about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, that's we, the yeah. tough thing. Which is fine. I'd like, rather yeah. than, than say I don't know than bullshit me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's key to just give your staff as much information as possible and, and obviously hire staff who are going to embrace learning a bit because not, oh, not everyone wants to do that. Back to the you know, longevity thing with staff and yeah. then learning the, the more they know mm. and they can explain to the customer the, the more justified the price is, etc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've actually... these. 
these scallops have caused a bit of um, a bit of controversy here. Really? We've, yeah, we've had two big kind of blow-ups over, over these scallops. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. one guy, I mean, this, one person that was over the row because I didn't, I didn't, we don't take the row off them, which I just yeah. have no time for with, with that whatsoever. We, you know, we can tell you all about the product and explain it to you. And, and see, I don't know why this... Oh, I never knew. I said to Jen, what's, what's the problem? Yeah. And Jen said, no, there's a bit of... Like, people don't like to eat the row. Yeah. on these things sometimes like generally and I was like oh okay then I, 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 I never knew that people I've seen people eat around it but like what's the fuck like yeah yeah any, these things like, so anyway what's be, the, hold on go back to the controversy and, and, the, se- and the second one well, no the first no, one so you said he didn't like the row and then oh, yeah there was a, and he fucking blew up over it because it was row there yeah, he, yeah, and David tried to explain it to him, and he didn't like David's delivery in the explanation yeah, right. of that was the way we did it. But I don't understand why people can't just, if you don't like the row, then don't eat the row. Yeah, 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 around it. Like, but do you normal. know you don't like the row? Yeah, that's the other thing, I guess. Like, yeah. but again, when but did you have a bad, explain to me your fucking does, bad does experience like the with the row? The well, thing is, he, he, again, you might have had a shitty scholar, but a shitty restaurant and have the row on, and Chances it was stinky are. and fucking horrible and... and but, and, the, yeah. but the whole skull would have been stinky and horrible. Not oh, just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, he's probably just had a shitty skull up and then gone, yeah. like, oh, I don't like the row. And then yeah. when he gets a, a, a great, pristine, fresh product like that, yeah. Yeah. he's holding it to the same standard. Like, mm. it's kind of like how people, anyone comes in and, like, oh, I don't like this. It's like, we haven't tried the one I do, though. Yeah. Mm. Like, have you yeah. tried that? Because you don't know, like, yeah, mm. there's a bit of a. But we tried, it. David tried to explain it at the table, our manager, David. Um, and he didn't, he didn't like the explanation. And then it just fucking spiraled from there, and it ended up with this massive complaint of Facebook um, review of bar the place and. That's right. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah, like your scallop, scallops row on, go and eat there. And, and then, and then the second one was a. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that sounds nice. Was a local uh, business owner actually, um, and he didn't like just. He just didn't like the scallop. It was, it, it was too Fast. fucking your mate. It was, it was Simon's business partner. Um, he didn't like the he didn't like the row or the texture or and it tasted too much like the ocean. Um, and then it didn't get taken off his bill. Um, no. Mind you, there was they were eating and there was nothing wrong with the product. If, if I went and took every fucking thing off the bill that someone sort of you know. Yeah. Didn't have, yeah, I think have that a that's a gamble for. that you take being a being a patron. Like, yeah. if you don't in a eat anything. In a restaurant like Caval or, or here, yeah. Yeah. definitely we had yeah. someone sent back. Um, not sent back. They didn't eat. We make these little um, little English muffins and do this smoked um, boudin, mm. like mm. with fermented um, cabbage puree, uh, corn, and a condom ketchup. It's like this little sausage. Yeah. It's like Bunnings. Bunnings. It's essentially Bunnings. We just rip people off over the price. No, so they didn't like it. It was this young couple, and um, they didn't say anything. They just they just said it wasn't like they didn't complain. They just said it wasn't to our liking. And it came back to the kitchen. They were in the middle of you know their eighty dollar menu, whatever. And I I said like I sent something straight out for them, like a little a little. Like something to replace it, yeah. um, just because just because they didn't like it, not even yeah, like yeah, to leave yeah. unhappy, and and they said, oh, this is a you know a tasting sort of menu that we're we're here for. We don't we might have things we don't like. Like oh, we're, yeah, we're no, here right. to try new things. No, oh, they'll, I was, they'll, I was waiting for the bad things. No, 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 no. They were great about. What did they say? What did they say, Andy? They were great about, which is another example. But but like like this scallop, you know, as Simon sort of laid out, you know. Like it's a completely different product than what you're probably used to, and chances are that's that they're the products we're going to have on our menus. Um, 
Yeah. But like for me, these things, um, back to you know, the yeah. show and tell and the product we're talking about, are fucking standouts on our menu, and the like the amount of work that's gone into them to put them on a plate for you in in, in Wollongong, it, yeah, is out of this world, and, and they're there to be enjoyed and, and like experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And we're fucking. We're, and that's we're what so it's all about. Here. Yeah. Can, you can hear the passion in your voice, Andy, and it's cool because, yeah, chefs get off on good produce, Basically, like yeah. even just like smelling and looking at these things now. And it's cool, like I, I think that it must be pretty satisfying when a customer comes to understand, um, yeah, it comes to understand, you know, that sort of chain of custody of a product like this that goes from the diver to con to you to the table and mm, yeah. understand that sort of the integrity that follows that whole that whole line and I guess that's kind of we're going to try to look at more products like this through Chantel or mm. whatever Could yeah. some, it's, they, the, they, they it's the majority the, of stuff yeah. on both yeah. their menus exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have an Instagram <laughs> page and they, they can't oh, um, yeah Paul Paul Palaco so sorry where's the checkout because it's pretty always put interesting um, stuff Palaco like Scallops yeah P-O-L-A double C-O Scallops that's yeah. It, yeah. it shows, that's a cool, shows where he That is a yeah. cool page to look at. Worth a follow. These people are yeah, sharks around the boat. He's actually actually cool. Speaking of sharks around the boat, he and not being able to dive, he, um, occasionally he's getting a a custom like cage made with so because he's got his, that he can um, wear. his yeah because it it's, <laughs> it's a fucking Iron Man essentially Iron Man. So Tony Stark, it's just, <laughs> so. He's like got a like his air thing, whatever oxygen um, is back in the boat, and he walks around with that yeah, lead, right. like a, a yeah, it goes pipe to the that goes back to the yeah, yeah. To, to the boat. Um, so yeah, that he's getting a custom cage built that he can actually move around with. Yeah, I don't know what that even fucking means. Yeah. Whether his feet are at the bottom like the Flintstones or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by wearing it. You're like so, wearing yeah. this cage in the show yeah. comes, you like go into the fetal position, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're inside. Like, it's just a big shell. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, follow him on Instagram and see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Have a, have a check out his Instagram. It, so it goes into um, yeah. goes into um, you know a lot of like you, you get an insight into to where he dives and everything. And, and um, the other one probably while well, we're on Instagram pages, if you want to know anything more about the scallop and the awesome seafood that we get at both of our restaurants is Costa, Costa, Costa Nemitsis. So it's Costa underscore Nemitsis. Costa, C-O-S-T-A underscore N-E-M-I-T-S-A-S. Costa Nemitsis. Yeah. So yeah, both are, he, he looks after our fish, or majority of Simon's and yeah, all of yeah. mine. Um, and he's, he's got a lot of information on the scallop on his page as well. Beautiful. Cool. I think that was a very successful first can, show can, and yeah, tell. Kangaroo that. Island Hand Dives. Kangaroo Island Hand Dives. Show scallops. you told. Okay, uh, like the last little bit we're going to do is, you know, just a little reflection on the end of 2000, like we find ourselves on the 22nd of January, 2018, Um, reflection on the end of, uh, you know, last year, 2017, in our respective businesses, a little look at where we are now and any sort of like plans or things we've got going on for 2018. Andy, you can start. I'll start, all right. Um, so, well, November, December, Janu- January, we've, we had a hell of a time. We, like, it's, you know, for us in Wollongong, it's our busiest time of the year. Yeah. Um, it really, really makes a break. And exactly, so there'd be something very wrong if we, if we weren't busy, but, but it is a, a very hard time 
for for the business and, and for the staff. Um, you know, you've got a lot of big groups, uh, a lot of bookings generally. The, the, those nights that are usually a bit quieter turn into turn into busy nights, and it's um it's not like you can just throw another couple of chefs in the kitchen and another couple of people in the mix. It's just that everyone works a bit harder. Um, that's the nature of it. Um, and, and thankfully, we've got we've got great staff here that really, really um, worked their asses off the last the last few months. I've got a very young crew in the kitchen, which you know has its own has its own challenges. Um, yeah, oldest guy outside of me, I think, twenty two, twenty three, three apprentices and myself. Um, but but a massive massive shout out to those guys who, who've worked so hard in the last three months. Um, we also through. As business owners, Gav, Gav Jen, and my, uh, my wife, and myself, we we threw in a the opening of a new venue in December, which was which is fucking crazy. No, no matter where you live, um, but we pulled we pulled it off, and we pulled it off really well. Um, Jen, I, di- I didn't have so much to do with it. We had we had um, we had big events going on here. We had a, a wine dinner in November with um, Tom Shawbrook, who's one of like a bit of a bit of a legend in the in the um, natural minimal intervention sort of winemaking um, industry. And then we had our dinner with, with our Fisher that we've already spoken about this podcast with um, Costa Nemitsis. Uh, well, that was December 11th. So that was a Monday, so that was an extra day of the week for us mm-hmm. that was, you know, very much booked out. Uh, we also, lucky enough, um, Anthony <coughs> from Vic's Meats, came down and shared, shared the night with us, which was, you know, great for all, all the guys and, and all the customers alike. Um, so, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's been, it's been a very busy uh, quarter for us a, as a business. And, um, I mean, it, it soaks up, as far as I'm concerned, everything. I mean, it really does take everything to get through that time of year, especially when yeah, you don't you're trying... I see, see people like saw my mates on the weekend, and I was like, "Well, I'll see you." And he's like, oh, "Like four months ago." I was like, yeah. oh, fuck, I don't think I've seen anyone in four months. It, it takes <laughs> it, like, it, it takes everything that, yeah. that you've got to. You have to put everything else aside. I mean, I think you do anyway when you when you own a, a restaurant and want it to be great. Yeah. You, you have to put everything else aside. But um, these these three months of the year, I think for for me have been probably the biggest ever. Um, getting to the end of it last year was massive for us as well but I'd, I think throwing the opening of another business in there the added yeah. pressures of that are a pretty big deal um, I, was, I was doing that on my, on my days off you know um, and then working probably 75 hours a week here I'd say and that's physically not not just what I do outside of the business so yeah coming to the end of it I mean I guess in summary we've had like the dinners I mentioned we just had another one last week with mm. Andrew Birchall uh, from Good Intention Wine Co. And, and Xavier Goodridge from Xavier Wines, two absolute fucking legends um, in, in the natural winemaking industry. Um, they, these big events for us, are, they're very important to us, but they also add a whole bunch of pressure yeah. into into your week. Um, and that's the first time I've sort of met Anthony Piharic from Dick's Meats and, and cooking for him. You know he. He's a big deal. Um, cooking, there's a bit of bit of uh, pressure when you're cooking <laughs> con seafood for him, at, at, and at the table and cooking a piece of Blackmore um, rib blade for Anthony. Like, 
that yeah, the, the guys were fucking shitting themselves in the kitchen. I was all right. Like I, you know, <laughs> I, I know Con pretty well, and I knew yeah. I've cooked for him before. I knew I knew they'd love it. Like uh, what we do with with their products, it speaks, you know, the same language as, as the from the producers to the plate, and, and that's very important to us. And um, but like the the night of the seafood dinner, Con came into the kitchen and was actually filming mason our apprentice cooked his prawns yeah. like for for his table and mason was like still fucking green at midnight when we we're having a beer <laughs> he was so scared um oh god it speaks yeah or three the yeah. kid was fucking shitting himself <laughs> but it speaks you know like it speaks very very well for, for mason you know like a kid mm. He's not a kid, sorry. That's but cool, like, though. Like that's he, he was like, hi, you know, welcome to the industry. Exactly, and that's yeah. the cool and thing And he loved about it. it. Yeah. Like, you get to know your suppliers as well. It's like, I bet you there's a bunch of apprentices out there who suppliers are just a name on a receipt. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, not, exactly. or not even. They don't even know oh, where yeah. it comes yeah. from. Suppliers um, make the name of the business. It's yeah. Exactly. Be the best. But so, yeah, it's been a big few months for us, for Burnsbury Hospitality and for, you know, Gav, myself, and Jen, um, and I guess that that about sums our mm. our few months up. But like what what we're gonna do yeah, is the future is um, for this year is oh and the food truck has also you know had a massive month yeah. in in December as, sure. as well. Now the challenge has been because I do all our social media for for the food truck, two smoking barrels, and for Babyface. And I sort of helped Jen as far as what events we're going to book for the food truck. And then um, we all sort of, you know, discuss rosters and everything. So there's a lot there's a lot going on outside of me putting food on a plate at Babyface. Um, and it's all, it's all very challenging and, and adds to it. But I, I thrive on it and love it. But um, as far as, as an extension of that for 2018, our plan is to, to keep that going and... Um, really, like we've got a lot of works to do, like still down at Two Smoking Barrels, um, and I'll have minimal contribution to that. Jen and Gav um, will take care of that, uh, obviously with with my help. But um, my like as far as um, my job is, we're shutting Babyface for for ten days um, as of next Sunday, and I'm going to take the time to sort of reset myself and my brain and um, basically do a bit of maintenance here in the, in the last few days before we reopen and, and, and set some new set some new standards we're put, like I'm implement some new procedures and, and just little things with the table settings and, and look at what we can do um, to become an even better restaurant because that's what we're always trying to do our manager awesome. David's taking a couple of weeks off so we're, we're all basically we're all just resetting we're going to come back in and, and just look at what we can do here to step it up again mm-hmm. um, and that that's my self focus is is here and, and trying to make the food better and developing more relationships I think with um, some suppliers in the area um, and yeah and basically making the ones the existing ones better and, and spending more time with them and maybe spending more time with our, with our guys that work here outside of the kitchen on, on our days off and stuff and, and um, we're thinking about changing our hours a bit to, to put a bit more longevity in, in their jobs here and, and give them a bit more balance in their lives. We've kind of been talking to them about what days of the week suit them best to work and we, we just want this to be a place where people can work for for three years, not 
six months or, yeah. or 12 months because yeah. that's a benefit to us. But it's also important for us that, that as an extension of what we're talking about before, that they're happy and enjoying themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's going to contribute, yeah. So it's a big year for us of, of really not doing anything fucking new. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, Just knuckling down and, and really yeah. getting right. Like, Two Smoking Barrels has had an amazing reception since we've opened it. been really busy every day, um, which is great for, you know, new business with a new thing and we'll take it while we can fucking get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just making sure all our products on point and, and it all really aligns with our core ethos of, of why we are a hospitality company and why we do what we do and um, whether it be the piece of brisket that's being put on the smoker or the short rib down there or, or, or the, the scallops we've just spoken about here um, making sure that all lines up and, and making sure our fucking personal lives are, are somewhat intact as well mm. and coming on two years of pushing really hard and developing Babyface um I'm really fucking looking forward to this 10 days off. Yeah. It'll be the first time um, that the business, like Babyface, has been closed and, and I haven't, like, I've had some time off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so that's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's a big deal, I think, to not have to worry. Even taking when your I was, leave. Yeah. You get 10 full yeah. days of leave yeah. after two years. And I think that's, I think that's for the guys like Simon and, and Tom do it at Cavell, and I think it's a very... I see the really see the value in it after two years of just working my butt off and not having any time off with the restaurant being closed. Because even when you're not here, we used to be open six days. Even when I wasn't here, which I worked six days for like the first 14 months or something, we're open and then let someone do a day while I wasn't here. And that, that was a massive deal for me. I mean, I ended up with fucking pneumonia. Um, we had to shut the restaurant one night so I could have a day off um, with pneumonia. Um, a day off with the moment. Oh, well, the doctor said it was that or, <laughs> yeah. that or hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. But one day yeah. Yeah. Well, that just like, but says it all it about the hospitality to, industry. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. I got pneumonia, so I took a day off. So yeah. very much looking very much looking forward to being able to um, have some time yeah. at, to reset. And, and, and I think it's a really good way to look at how I can move the restaurant forward here. And, and that, you know, in summary, is my big plan for 2018 is to make this place all it can be. Nice. With, with the help of, I've got to say, like while we're talking about this, a big, big thanks and, and whatnot to our restaurant manager, David, and my wife, Jen, obviously, and business partner, Gav. But as far as the restaurant goes, David and I work so, so closely together in, in what he does, front of house, and, and what I do in the kitchen. And it's a really, really big fucking part of our restaurant. And um, all of us are looking forward to a, nice work, Dave. a big year. Yeah, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Work, Dave. Simon, now you've got to. We uh, like November, December is just, just like for everyone hostility. You can see like everyone has this little look in their eye, and like like sort of knowing looks of the people who work in it. So everyone has the same sort of thing. Like there's just a lot more people about. There's all Christmas parties. Um, people who don't normally go out go out. There's stuff going on. So you're just busy for sort of two months. Uh, and nights where you might you know for us we might do ten. Suddenly we're doing twenty five. Um, and that just, Which just, is a lot of plates. It's not, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking lot of yeah. plates. <laughs> Fourteen odd courses now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, every, every, and everyone has the same sort of thing. It's just uh, you get some people who don't normally go out, maybe not know what to expect. I think it's like bar level, restaurant level, cafe level, um, and it's pretty. It's pretty full on. Luckily, we didn't. We didn't really book any events for November, December, because we'd done a lot already at the start of the year. Um, with winders and 
truffle and game dinners and all these sort of things we came up with. Some worked, some, some didn't work quite so well. Um, so we sort of took November, December off that. Although we did cook at the mall every Sunday yeah. for November. Just because someone, asked, because someone asked us to. Yeah. We were like, yeah. oh, yeah. I know what I'll do on my day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was fun. That was really, you got to do that stuff? Yeah, it was really nice to like, interact with customers and stuff. Um, shame we had to get up on it every Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, and we were kind of, again, like, like Andrew was saying, it's, sometimes you've got to push to do more, and sometimes you've got to sort of turn around and look, look at what you're doing and, and where you want to um, refine things, where you want to make things better. So having a, like, and it's, events take a lot, like, it's one day for the customer and for you know, the winemaker, wherever's coming in, but it's, it's a lot of time. Like, it, it takes, takes, you know, a couple of weeks to organize, to start, write new menus, like, like I think we, we we changed our main menu like five times last year, but we did did sort of like you know, twenty odd events. So trying to trying to write you know, close to thirty menus a year mm. of of different stuff, seasonality, the stuff we can get, um, stuff our suppliers are growing, keeping our suppliers like telling them what we want to grow next, rather than being like, oh, can you grow this? And they're like, when? And like tomorrow? Next you know? week? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> can you, you, you opt to plan it now? Will be ready? And they're like, no, it takes too long. So trying to like liaise all that is, is pretty hard work. So not sort of having some stuff in the year when we hope we'll be busy, let us kind of refocus on things and really get menus this year. And we've planned ahead this year, this, this coming year as well. So we've got most of our events in, in place. Really? Um, yeah, because we, we have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, we got actually we got a big one coming up, but we'll. <laughs> Dave and Jesus. <laughs> <as well. laughs> um, yeah. So we're, yeah, we got most of them um, doing a five part wine series of different New South Wales regions, which will be cool. Awesome. Trying to, try and get. Yeah. Um, what are they? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just five days straight. <laughs> fucking wine. Uh, we got South Coast on second. Uh, Central Ranges, Orange and Mudgy on another month, and then Mudge. there's a later one that would be Hunter. I can't remember the dates. Oh, cool! Hunter That's Valley, awesome. uh, sort of Canberra District, Tumbarumba, yep. that area, and then we've had to sort of group New England and uh, sort of Riverland and other places in New South Wales together because there's less good wine there. Um, but that should be fun. Hopefully, we should get some winemakers down, um, just kind of awesome. slow people, cool. show, show off the show off the, the state. Uh, so really excited about that, and then we've got other things and other stuff which I can't remember now some other wine dinners some produce dinners um, and yeah. how do you like are you at all I mean having had Cavo now for a year yeah when did you say oh, sorry January put, is that on, put that down please Jan, well, January 9th we was our first 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 service that's awesome yeah right well so you just 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 more than a year now. yeah well you're, you're in a bit got through still alive so you, have you have you had any like like Andy's saying now, like he's gonna, you know, sort of take stock in the coming ten days off, and then sort mm. of like reassess the areas that he feels like could be improved, whether it's a small thing or some of the larger things. Build on relationships and stuff. Have you had an opportunity to do that and like looking to sort of progress? Yeah, I think we we kind of set some quite a lot of small term goals and sort of long term sort of arcing goals when, when we took over, and even before we even knew we'd buy in a restaurant, we sort of knew things we want to do. So. Something like taking the wine list to a spot where we were, ha- we were happy with it probably took all the last year. Um, now it's in a position where it's, it's the, the sort of wines that we want to be showing. Sure. Um, still like to get more and more local stuff on. Um, and that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, time, and, time, time and money. Time and hey. money. Always yeah. time and money. Um, but yeah, even in the holidays, I went up to, to Orange for a couple of days and hung out with some winemakers, picked their brains a bit, um, found some new stuff. So 
that kind of front we're always trying to evolve and always trying to push it because you guys had two weeks off is that right uh, yeah we, well we closed for two weeks that's, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean yeah but we, we opened for New Year's which was, it was amazing a really good night I just really yeah. good feedback from that everyone, yeah. everyone had a bloody good time that's good but it just meant that the two days before that the two days after and then the two days after closing me and Tom were at the restaurant Do, exactly. so, so it was it pushed out and then like I literally said like a day before we closed I said I've been really good this year I haven't been ill once and the fucking first oh, day of holidays sick. I was just done I was just like throat swollen oh, up like just fucking as soon, as, as, soon as you stopped yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it's like, was holding it yeah. off the whole, so, whole year yeah. just. three days of beautiful weather like lying on the couch watching Netflix and then did New Year's prep uh, upholstered so, some chairs so you had like two days off in, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the two week club, yeah right? yeah pretty much uh, and then yeah so that, that was interesting but again like I say it's so important to even just be away from the restaurant for that few days even if, if you're sick or lying down yep. or if you're going somewhere um, but more importantly you know, as a restaurant owner you understand you're going to flog yourself for at least a couple of years especially in restaurants of, you know Cavoza yeah. had a restaurant mm. there's expectations like yeah. and they're fucking high when people come yeah, like, exactly, there's yeah. a lot of pressure involved with that yeah. and the only way to do it is closed like to actually not yeah 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 I mean even even um, planned closures Tom's been trying to write a, a whole seasonality chart so we had the guy down South Harry who grows for us yep we'll know what we want we haven't quite planned the menus but at least we're trying to be like this This the produce we'll have then and we'll come up yeah. with something as, as it comes mm. um, and we try to keep doing that I think like keep saying it I'm not sure if we're just lying to ourselves but every menu we've done every kind of whole menu change we've always thought that menu was the best one we've done um, whether that's just being up ourselves or if it's true it's true it's great it's probably not as, as true as we'd like it to be but we definitely think we're, we're progressing but we're still feeling comes from somewhere like, exactly. yeah yeah like, well, I think we're still, yeah. we're still working out what we can do and what probably we can pretty really. sure like I could say it it fucking must be as a chef. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're yeah. feeling like yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, re- you feel like your restaurant's progressing. Yeah, so I mean, we're still pretty young in the game, and you know, I didn't really run a kitchen until sort of last year, Kubo and things like that. So we're still progressing, we're still trying to find what we can do. We probably made some mistakes last year. We'll learn from them, crack on, and, and try and just keep making things better, really, um, and get through the next crazy Christmas time mm. where all the fun <laughs> starts. <laughs> we can do an audit like 2019 January and say, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where so are we? It was just funny going to the bar. Yeah, still didn't fix that light. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Took us a year to upholster <laughs> chairs. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to talk about that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we spent the whole year saying we're going to reupholster the chairs and we, and we let, left it to New Year's Eve Eve at 6 I, pm. I saw you at midnight, <laughs> at midnight when I was walking out of here the night before New Year's Eve. And they were they were like ducking out for a beer because we'd started like five hours ago. Like, we were going to just yeah. by tomorrow. Yeah, but it's four a.m. And I might fucking add that we're going for a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah it's like, it it's couldn't like, have been too. It's like, right, so we'll break now. We'll shoot the wolf. We'll have a cheeky one. We'll go back and we'll knock them out much faster. Um, so yeah, uh, see you in so what, what the hell are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, you had a massive. Yeah, you had a massive three months, man. Well, yeah. The yeah, like I mean, well. The production of the Illawarra cookbook, I guess, started in June last year, like when I first started thinking about making it. Um, yeah, and then basically I was just flat out until um, December when, like, we launched the book at the start of December and um, sold it for Christmas. The I'd like to give myself more time 
than I did with the Illawarra cookbook. Like, so I was your, on a pretty tight schedule. When, when was the launch? It was December, wasn't December it? December 4th. It was basically like five months to yeah, get it. Yeah, five months yeah, each. I guess it's ish. a book. But that's <laughs> also, um, <laughs> there's, there's eight weeks of printing. So the actual production period yeah, is, right. it was like three, three, really, three really yeah. much shorter than I would have liked it to be. And that was a result. Yeah. It was kind of a result of me just fucking umming and ahhing for a while. Like, I moved back to Wollongong in March last year and didn't have, didn't, didn't have like, the lay of the land in terms of, like, the hospitality industry yeah, here. Okay. Like, I, I, I started going to cafes and started going to restaurants and, like, started figuring things out a little bit and doing a bit of research and meeting people in the industry and whatever it was. And I kept, then I just kept on getting comments from, like, you know, people that I met just from moving, like, whether it's someone I, you know... Knew from a while, like knew from the uni days, or played touch footy with, and they were like, "Man, you should do it. like Illawarra yeah. book or whatever." And like, yeah. And then I kind of yeah started doing the research into it and whatever. And it all start like it starts slower than it finishes, obviously. Like when you've got a project. So one of the first things I did was talk to you guys, to Simon and Tom, and um, you know, and that's when I really started you know the wheels started getting placed in motion about doing it and then it's like full steam ahead okay doing this full time like fucking going really hard to try to get it done by a print deadline so yeah, I can yeah. launch the book in December because yeah. if I don't launch it before yeah, Christmas yeah, I'm yeah, fucked yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so um yeah dude the, uh, the, the like week before you send a book to print is so fucking stressful like because if you don't get it like is it perfect yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good though it's it almost there I'll tell you about it after it is good but um it uh yeah so yeah it's really stressful like I have to like I think about a launch date which was that first weekend of December and I have to work backwards from there like go, give myself eight weeks yeah. like for, for printing and then go backwards to yeah. Yeah, how much time I've got to make a book when you put it like that it's not much fucking time yeah no, no yeah. it's not much time do you, you know? always think about waiting until next year was it like um, was it that time? Was it until next December? No, what I like, what I kind of, what I did actually, I have to give props to Holly who helped out heaps throughout the whole process of the production of the book. She, is One she, of the is things. Is she your business partner? Sorry. Uh, sorry. She owns a part of the Illawarra cookbook. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. So basically, that 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 business decision was one to try to help. Um, like to sort of help with the the tight timing that we had yeah. in the schedule was to 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 give Holly more duties in yeah, in that yeah, process, yeah. if you know what I mean. Because yeah. before that, I was doing like I had a lot of the duties that she yeah, now has right. taken on for the Illawarra yeah. book. Yes. Um, and so yeah. So anyway, like it all worked out. Like actually, I yeah. So like it all worked out well. The schedule worked out well. The book got to print on time. The book came back. Um, with quality that I that I wanted you know it's always really scary opening the first like book yeah, yeah. that you see and like <laughs> I like, I, I, like I it's a, it's a weird imagine, industry hey. man like it's, yeah. a, it's a weird industry like I mean you guys have people walking through your door every night putting money into your register whereas for me I'm putting but, yeah, I'm, I'm spending money for yeah. like five months yeah. and then yeah. when I'm first rock up to shops and restaurants with books and uh, that's when I start making that money yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. and then yep. eventually oh, yeah. you start making money out of it so it's yeah it's weird it works different to a lot of other industries yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah so that was me that was last year December um, 
you know, 4th of December we launched the book and then from then till Christmas was just deliver, deliver, deliver. At the same time, I'm still, I, I still have books in Canberra, the Southern Highlands and the South Coast that all needed my attention. Yeah, so yeah. that was that. Didn't have any time to think about anything else really up until yeah, um, then. Took some time off after Christmas um, through to like the very beginning of January, like the 3rd of January or something like that. Um, and yeah, since then I've been like consolidating what happened last year mm. and look, yeah, looking into what's happening for this year. Um, got one project in the works already that was for last year, which is a book for a restaurant up in the Southern Highlands. Um, I, guess, I guess the one thing that is really cool, like one thing that I take away a lot from last year is the fact that like we've we can do this now like in the relationships that I've made with you guys in the industry here in Wollongong and in the Illawarra Um, when I was living in Canberra I was living in Canberra before I moved back to Wollongong last year and I always knew that I wasn't going to live there forever I like although that's the place that I grew up and I have all my experience in hospitality in Canberra most of it anyway um, and you know I've got a strong connection to that place like I never wanted to live there always like I never wanted that to be my home forever and moving to Wollongong was like an awesome fresh start for me and stuff and then doing this book has just really sort of like cemented in for me that like now this is the place where I've like got my roots now and really want to invest my time in the hospitality industry and do things like this or do events in the future and and become a part of it and it's awesome and like i got to thank you two guys for your support and the other people that were like involved in the Illawarra cookbook because you know like it gives me purpose you know what yeah. I mean which is something that yeah, it kind of feels like you need one was on the cusp of something it just felt like that for a few years now yeah but like it definitely yeah. it's, it's nice to feel that you're on the yeah, you're on the sort of top of the wave as it were like yeah, yeah. and then yeah. something's going to happen and you're going to be a part of it I yeah. think I guess what yeah exactly most people or most sort of young people just open open businesses or are doing something connected mm. over the last couple of years I've been, I've been feeling um, kind of all that not just hospitality but like sort of music scene and Wollongong in general as a lifestyle kind of destination mm. Mm. yeah so I mean yeah I guess uh, what else is in store for this year like this will be the first year in a few years that I won't be making another regional cookbook like you I'm, won't no I won't be going to run, another run region and making another book it's yeah. <laughs> So, have to so one of the one like of the questions, that, <laughs> like that, that Tasmania. begs the question of like, how are you going to make money, like <laughs> if you're not doing that? And so, like, and I'm working with Holly on sort of uh, branching out into different avenues. So, like, mm. providing, you know, like the services that Quicksand now has access to, whether it's photography, design, web development. Um, you know anything like that to new businesses existing businesses and stuff like that so yeah. doing that sort of thing just as like another income stream but then also doing like potentially getting involved in interesting events and things like that um food tours is another thing that i'm going to be looking at doing this year because i've got access to the best every, restaurants and the best farms uh, exactly. in this sort yeah. of pocket of new south wales and i want to share that buy with a fucking people. minibus yeah, step. Yeah. that yeah. could be your next bigger yeah yeah <laughs> I can think of a few purposes for a nice minibus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like the when it comes to food tours, a lot of them are f- very sort of like, they don't have any personality. 
yeah. if you know what I mean like yeah. it's kind of like oh, I don't know just doing it cause yeah you just kind of get yeah, on the bus yeah, and then right. whatever but like yeah. we, if, I'd like to sort of tailor it to a, like if I they're all aimed at hen, hen pies and that's stuff. what yeah. I mean yeah. like, I don't so, mind so people have oh, yeah, new boomerangs and yeah. clinking glasses in a fucking vineyard boomerangs but yeah like as a accurate you know being in my 30s like you know, me get, getting a dozen mates together and going, like, mm. staying in the Southern Islands for the weekend and having someone drive us around and get us pissed, and, but, but also take us to farms and take us to good restaurants to have a yeah. course and talk to the chef or whatever it might be is something that yeah. I know a lot of people that would be interested yeah. in. So Definitely. doing something different Seriously. in that space yeah. is like, mm. yeah. So rather, that's... Rather than thing. a fucking pub crawl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of... Like, yeah, I don't know. Like... There's, there's definitely an opportunity there so that's something I want to pursue and um, more writing like I want to like I mean I study journalism and I know how to write I just don't do any of it because I'm too busy making books okay. but like giving myself the time to sit down and write about issues that I feel like they need attention or they're important whether that like that's probably just going to come in the form of a quicksand blog where I can just yeah, vent my thoughts and put my put my shit down um, and doing this like doing doing podcasts whatever it is like getting involved in yeah. you know this sort of discussion at the same time I'm looking at yeah doing other things for my own sort of personal development because you know w- when you work for yourself like on my level when I don't have like a bricks and mortar place like it's kind of isolating sometimes yeah, yeah. so working with other people is one of for my sure. goals for this yeah, year yeah. in different in different forms of whatever it might be events just doing a podcast like this yeah. um, or tours or whatever yeah, or so. whatever you decide who knows? Any suggestions, you can email them. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to book a food tour, you can email yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, guys. <laughs> um, that's it. Let's wrap it up. So, thanks for listening to the first episode of the yet-to-be-named podcast, which I'll chuck into an outro or something. Um, if you want to find out about Quicksand Food, our website is quicksandfood.com. You can email this podcast with any of your questions, comments, queries. If you've got any feedback, please let us know. Uh, If you know anyone who would be an awesome guest, we're going to have guests in the future. So let us know who, you know, whether they're a producer, a chef, a fucking knife maker, um, you know, someone who does restaurant fit outs, whatever it is. Crackhead dishy. Crackhead dishes. Um, Send them in. Send them a weekly one of them. Yeah. You know, whoever they are, send us your thoughts. You can email this podcast at info at quicksandfood.com and you can find me on social media. It's at quicksandfood. Andy, your uh, stuff? <laughs> at Chef Andy Burns, B-U-R-N-S, uh, at Babyface Kitchen, at two underscore smoking barrels, the number two. Sweet. And you will find me here at Babyface Kitchen. Yeah. If you if you need to talk to Andy about anything that he said yeah. in this podcast, walk knock on the door and walk into the yeah. kitchen and, and tell yeah, him what he's very accommodating. And you told him fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and we we will be talking probably more about other things than ourselves the next yes. couple of podcasts. Yes. Yes. If yeah, you yeah, find yeah. this is just so you, this is a getting to know you podcast. Yeah. Um, Simon. Yeah. Uh, um, Instagram Kavo Restaurant. Facebook. You're so enthusiastic about giving out your. Yeah. Your shit's blowing up, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. no. It's, it's one of my less fair attitudes to it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, Instagram is usually best. Facebook, you get stuff as well. Sweet. And, you know, and if you're, um, if you're a patron out there, like if you've been to these guys' restaurants or whatever, or if you've read one of my books, 
we want to know if you had a good time too. So, mm. you know, send us feedback on what we do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not always on TripAdvisor. Rip us a new one. Yeah, yeah. Google, yeah. Google review. Give, give uh, us a yell. Yeah, give us a yell. We're normal people. So, cool. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.